Oh, hey, look at that. We got numbers. We got numbers. <laughs> Welcome to Cleveland Motor Podcast number 441. Or if you're Roman, that's CDXLI, which, by the way, is the new designation of Harley Davidson's 500cc Chinese motorcycle. Uh-huh. <laughs> Technically, it's 441ccs. Nice. To my immediate left. Uh, eventually, Chris Smith. Oh, okay. Eventually, Chris Smith. Yeah. Ghost of Chris Smith. (laughs) Future. And then Steve sleeping. He's been raptured up already. Uh, And then John John McElfresh lost a lot of weight. He did. We we have a newer and improveder. (laughs) John McElfresh. Bourbon Ferry. And, and, And with his weight loss came a name change. And he is? Andy Taylor. There it is. Andy Taylor. Where are you from, Andy? Uh, Detroit, Michigan. Originally from Ohio, though. He's from the... Paris to the Midwest, uh, Detroit, Michigan. Yeah, and uh, to his immediate left, Dan Crocky, and behind the bar tonight, Tom Pennington. Tom Pennington holding it down and keeping us up. So last week we gave out, I think, a feature-rich podcast. Yeah. After following an extraordinarily technical podcast. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was of the highest caliber, even with, with perfect predictions of yes. what was the problems. I mean, yes. you couldn't have spelled it out pretty much any better. <sighs> yes. You know, the Oracle, I did not earn that nickname by accident. And I thought before, it was the or- Oracle. And, and the Oracle. I am the Oracle. Yes. The Oracle. Well, so going into the podcast, we've got Andy here, right? So tell the folks how you came upon this fucking podcast um well i was like 19 probably and um we swung through your guys' shop i had a buddy with me from detroit we were headed to uh just east of cleveland to pick up some mopeds and we had a nice long talk and i was like i think i'm gonna buy a vespa from him (laughs) and ended up getting one usually what when people come in and say the word moped the wind leaves my sails fast, right? But um, you know they got a kink. At that point, well, you we know they're fucked up. Yeah, right? that's what I'm saying. The sound yeah, of the guy yeah. is like, well, I got a sporter. Right. Which is no, no disrespect right. to sport, but right. I'm saying like that's a specific kind of guy. Right. But exactly. a dude that comes in and is like, me and my guys are into mopeds, you're like, okay. You're like, yeah. I, I'm into something a little bit different, but we still share a kinky. We hired a guy once because he came into our shop and said he was, you know, looking for parts for a pook, right? Right. And we were like, oh, really? You know, what do you know about mopeds? Oh, I got seven or eight I'm working on right now. And he turned out to be one of the greatest people we ever hired, even though <laughs> he was a moped enthusiast. Sure. And that's a different world. Oh, well, yeah. They're yeah. huge up in the, I mean, up home, there are a lot and of you, people I mean, that have them. So yeah. do you know the history of why Michigan has... This weird moped thing. <laughs> they got the moped army, right? They do. Yeah. They do. Yeah. And that moped army has been in service for many, many years. When I had first started and was buying up scooters, I kept running into these guys that were like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, well, I, I buy mopeds, but I also don't really give a shit about Vespas. <laughs> so I'll give you, I'll, I'll put you in touch with all the people I don't want to buy Vespas from. But I'm looking for grandes, like because people will get into that that track where they'll be like, "Oh no, I'm a I'm a Gorelli guy, or I'm a Minarelli guy, or I'm a Pook guy, right?" Pook Magnum oh. Two with the fucking the top, top tank. tank, yeah, top baby. tank, baby, yeah, yeah. So that was uh, when people show up and they're like, "So anyway, yeah, you got a moped shop." We made a shirt that says, "It's not a damn moped," moped right? right? Like yeah. that was our thing for a long time, and so yeah, we met because hmm. of mopeds, nice. Right? As, Pretty badass. Uh, 
So but now, how, well, how crazy is it? Like, so still currently, there's a huge moped scene out there. Huge moped scene. I have. Uh, I go down to Belle Isle a lot just for rides on the weekend, and was sitting in traffic, and they just rip through the traffic. You know, lane split. So they're all and they're all hopped and, up. Yeah, pipe, I was gonna say. Yeah, so it sounds like an angry, pissed off yeah. bee everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. So and I you, just I found out real quick mopeds weren't my jam since I'm like three twenty five. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> I was like, pretty much everybody around this table yeah. is like, you know, yeah, we got a cool moped. It's hopped up. It does thirty. Right. I sounds like a chainsaw. It's my neighbors hated it, and I hated stopping on it because it didn't stop well. Every every time I every time because I've had like three or four hobbits and a couple of tomos, and I'm like, yeah, I'm really gonna go hardcore into it, and then I'm like, no, no, I'm not because I end up doing about forty five. So the mono guys used to from New Orleans used to share the same warehouse, and so constantly they would be coming down going. All right, Tom, what are you getting rid of this week? <laughs> so it's that scene, that whole scene is wild. I used to call, have people call the shop all the time and be like, hey, so yeah, I got this Vespa. Will you work on it for me? Bring it by. And it was a chow. Chow. Yeah. <laughs> chow. Uh, dude, that's a moped. <laughs> they choke. It's a Vespa C. That's a moped. Dude. And so, well, what are you going to charge me to get it going? Oh, that's way more money than you want to spend yeah. right and so we'd acquire him and we have a we had a cleveland moped group right and this guy chris hoke ran it and we got to meet through the jedi knights mike the club up in michigan we got to meet all those uh moped guys up there and there was this guy named holt right hollywood holt hollywood holt and he'd show up and everybody was running a tuned moped of some sort right and our guy here in Cleveland, Chris Hoke, is like, he's a moped genius. Like, he's just got it. And many, 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 many years ago, we had a place called Akron Moped, which is where I would have to yeah, go. I remember that place. To get parts for P200s yeah. and Rally 200s and stuff like that. I have to go all the way to Akron yeah. to get my parts. And nothing motivates you to open a scooter shop like having to go to Akron. Because <laughs> there ain't a lot in Akron. To get your moped parts or your scooter parts. Once Devo left, it was all downhill. It was all downhill when Chrissy <laughs> I left, right? Yeah. The, uh, but running into the moped guys and realizing from my childhood on, Vespa was the target. Yeah. In my neighborhood, though, there were two kids that had mopeds. And I wasn't in a particularly wealthy neighborhood. But the two kids who had mopeds were both pricks. And the one kid had a Gorelli and the other kid had a Pook Magnum Mark II. Which in 1983 would have been a two-year-old bike, basically, right? Yeah. It was relatively yeah, it a new was bike. The silver one with the blue. Oh, yeah. They yeah. come in two ways. They come in silver and UPS. Yep. UPS oh. is brown. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, the UPS yeah. one is hard to find. That's because nobody wanted them. Well, there's, there's a red one that floats around sometimes, too, but the brown one is the way to go. The, brown, the UPS with the gold rims is the way to go. Yep. So anyway, I grew up around that stuff, and... I've ridden a couple of them, and I was like, oh, these these are okay, but they're kind of of slow, and it's a lot of work to get them going. Yep. But the thing is, when you were like, when I was 14, I had a Tomos two-speed. Yeah. And I put 20,000 miles on it, and it was like, (laughs) that was like the most liberating, dude, I love that thing. Like, when you're 14, like, you haven't had anything else. Like, you're not, you know, 30 miles an hour without pedaling feels like you're a god at that point, you know? Like, oh, I used to love that fucking thing. We could have mopeds in Ohio when we were 14 years old. Right. No other credentials necessary. Mm -mm. But then when you're 16, the moped is the last thing you want when you got a $500 car in the driveway. Right. 
So there's a two-year period there. And that's not enough for a marketing department to work with. No. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's why it went from being all of these companies with uh, names that ended in a vowel yeah. to being Domos. The Slovenians were holding on yep. to it. When everyone else bailed out and there was no money left. Yeah, we were we were the last Tomos dealer in, uh, in Louisiana. Yeah, oh we were God. we were there to the very end and we kept trying to get more and they were like, No, we're out. We're done. They even were selling scooters now. The Harley Davidson, the vintage, like the Tomos oh, yeah. vintage the, was the revival. The revival. Yeah. It was such a deluxe moped. Oh yeah. And it was still a moped. Yeah, it was yeah. still a what was it, the A fifty five, I think, was the last motor. The Vespa Grande. Brilliant design, brilliant engineering, tubular chassis with a gas right in it. Very clever, very smart, still a moped. And it definitely fell into that category of like, just nobody had any respect for mopeds. And we couldn't get any traction. And I was guilty of that too, because as a young person, I already had my first car by the time I was 14 years old. So I had wanted no desire for a vehicle that went 32, right? Uh, cause I, I was building a car that would go a hundred. Right? Yeah, right, so right. why would I want a moped? So that moped thing was really weird. And the people that are, that cut their teeth on mopeds and then went into motorcycles or scooters or whatever direction they went after that, those folks will always have a soft spot for, for mopeds. Mm. And I purchased as an adult with a shop, I purchased a UPS Magnum Mark II, and I purchased a silver Mark II and did everything to it. There was no stone left unturned, but I didn't dial in the fact that I weighed 205. And I went out on this thing that rocked my world when I was 13 years old, and I couldn't have one because I was poor. And I got on this, and I couldn't actually get it to get to the second range of the two-speed transmission. (laughs) <laughs> and that's fucking disheartening, man. Mm. So you got to go down the hill into the metro parks to ever taste second gear. And I was just like, this isn't worth it. I got a 212 cc Vespa yeah. that will go 70. Why am I dicking around with a fucking pook? And I realized that people in San Francisco would spend irresponsible amounts of money for a Cleveland pook Mark II with no. 800 miles on it. Oh yeah. And I listed it on eBay in San Francisco. And it sold before, like, my finger came off the listing button. Yeah. And I had put some ridiculous buy it now price, and it was, like, gone. Oh, yeah. And, and it, was, it probably went to some engineer, tech guru, whatever. It's, you know, it's probably parked in front of uh, some Silicon Valley spot right this minute. So it was just a really weird era for us. And we have friends of the shop. <laughs> Our friend Kevin Rosman... Occasionally, we'll post up a picture of an AMF Roachmaster and be like, hey, Phil, this is in your neighborhood, and it's only uh, $100. I'm like, it wasn't worth $100 in 84. Anything over 25, I'm out. Yeah, it was awful. And so we don't want anything to do with that shit. But the moped connection is weird. That, that you know, moped kink the is guys, a good way to put it. Yeah, The guys in mono, they, they would buy... Anything and everything they can, like even to a point where Atlanta, there was a place in Atlanta that would bring them in from Italy, like buy the container. And so you get derby variants and everything else that we didn't get originally. And they just, they have an entire warehouse full of these things. They go in every weekend, they fiddle around with them, they go out for the ride. They have their rally is actually called throw, uh, Blow Up Throw Up 
because typically what happens is you blow it up, you put it in the back of the truck, and then you just drink the rest of the weekend. <laughs> I got a question for Andy. Um, did, oh, many years ago, I used to race cyclocross. Um, on the same weekend, there was like an abandoned cement velodrome, and they were having moped racing. We went over, and it was fucking awesome. Is that is that still going on over there at all? Yeah, I, I don't think the racing's going on anymore, but we have driven back there. Uh, my friend that was going to come, yeah. Uh, tonight, he we've went back there on our Vespas and just checked it out. I wanted to run around it, but we used to. It's also a place I don't want to break my leg. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, really no, good no. point. Uh, there was a group up in Michigan that, for years, some friends of mine were cleaning up the track, replacing the broken concrete, bags and bags of concrete, working on the velodrome. It's in a, a rotten neighborhood. Yep. Check, check. And they were to actually rent check, light check. rigs. And so they'd rent light rigs and put up light rigs, and they'd have bands show up and, and yeah. have illegal little things that work in Detroit, yeah. events that work in Detroit. And I'd go up there, and we'd have a great time, and it was rum what you brung. And you show up and, and just make laps. And you'd make laps until you achieved exit velocity of the velodrome. Right. And then you realized uh, anything over the lip was cruel mistress. <laughs> And there was no getting back. So half of the track was half of the track was get backable. You could get back if you fucked up. The other half of the track was completely no. Yeah, I heard it, there was a lot gonna, of scraping. It's going to be ugly. Yeah. yeah. But it was a legit concrete velodrome that has existed and somehow managed to survive, even though a neighborhood sprung up around well they told me like when i was talking to the guys there was a couple dudes that were like the dudes yeah you know you always tell the guy you Mm -hmm. know so i was talking to the guy and he said like they when they first got it a couple years before that so this is like probably 10 or 15 years ago or whatever 10 years ago um they had to dig like four feet of dirt out of it so it was kind of protected by the dirt i think it was so (laughs) overgrown that they literally had to like dig out the whole track it was one of those things where uh, the the people that were doing it the guys that were that were keeping that alive and, and making that work, I think they really did. Uh, they latched onto something great, yeah. And they latched onto something great, and I really feel like uh, it was cool and it was good. And but, you know, and here's something weird because I heard uh, like I, I they also said the city was fucking with them when they can't. You know, because I mean, how much really? How many people do they have? <laughs> but anyways, but think about how stupid the city planners are. You have people that are like, oh, we're gonna go to this spot. Right. We're not going to be riding through the streets and fucking with people. And they did it on their own. So it was right. like, it's kind of cool because nobody's fu- just let that be. You know what I mean? Like, it yeah. seemed like they'd just be like, cool, just go there and if do it. If you do it, a search you know? for like, it, it's not the Lexus velodrome. It's not the inflatable. Not the inflatable. Yes. Uh, velodrome. This is a true concrete leftover. Is this uh, the Dorace? D O R A I S? Um, they, we called it Thunderdome. Okay. So I, I, yeah. It's like I, on between eight and seven mile yeah, over that's and worn right. by the truck yep. plant. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly right. And, uh, I will go ahead and I'll throw the, I'll throw the picture up on the screen for our folks that want to see it. Uh, because it is, it's kind of an interesting thing. Uh, there's no, there's nothing about it that was ever sanctioned, right? Oh no. Uh, it was. This story, oh yeah, it is. Yep, yep, that's the one I'm thinking of. This story the, goes the back I, to Year of yeah, Our yeah. Lord 2013 or whatnot. Yeah. Uh, but these guys were uh, th- these guys were chewing it up in a, in a neighborhood that you you might not want to break down in. Like you said, don't get hurt back there. Right? <laughs> yeah, don't get stuck. Don't get stuck. <laughs> You're on your own. I was going um, to DJ once in Detroit, and I got off at the wrong exit, and this cop comes up. He's like, you're either lost or buying drugs. I'm like, 
<laughs> kind of lost this time. Yeah. You said Duray's, right? Duray's. Yeah, yeah. Duray's I, I guess what it's yeah. uh, Duray's yeah, yeah. Yep. And yeah, that's that's the deal. And I I think that that's one of those where Detroit will find a way. Yeah. You know, and uh, for people that uh, for people that don't understand Detroit, it's Detroit. Oh, it's kind of cool. You uh, you will be very impressed as a person that lives in Detroit. My wife, without my knowing, while I was away on a trip, drove all the way to Detroit, got off on Eighth Mile to go rescue a chicken. <laughs> so yeah, there you have it. Yeah. So you know, that, Sleep, now sleeping. That I, yeah, now that I found out where she was, I was really proud of her because you know, Sleep, sleeping. Yeah, I kind of feel like whenever you say my wife, you should do it in the hill and the whole. No, uh, please don't. No, 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 no. I'd like to not have that happen. If we could possibly arrange that, that'd be great. No, I was just, Let's not do that. I, I, I'm just saying, she she uh, she doesn't really think things through sometimes. You're fine. You, you I know, you can, no buy, you, know you can buy a chicken for like three bucks, right? Yeah. 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 No, but, you go to the you you go to the tractor supply. Yeah, farm and fleet or yeah. the rural king, and yeah. you can get a whole box of little chickies. Yeah. Yeah, but right? it's not rescuing one. You know? oh, okay. Right. She can't she can't tell her friends. Like, Don't I've geez, rescued this chicken. She you can't know? virtue signal the chicken. <laughs> yeah. All you right, know. Got it. You know, she really felt that way. You can rescue the entire. The entire city of New Orleans is overrun with feral chickens. And I told her... If it's kind of like Key West without the uh, without the protection. Right, and I told her she gets really frustrated with them. I have a chicken she can choke occasionally. <laughs> Sorry, I was laughing if when it came out. If you're feeling the need uh, to you, work with a chicken. You kids at home <laughs> you can practice. Less. You can do some practice choking. So yeah, for right. our Patreon members under the $10 level, what he was alluding to is... <laughs> um, no, uh, years and years and years ago, I... When uh, first time in Hawaii, there's all these chickens running around. You may have seen the movie Moana, yeah, where, where yeah. Tudic got paid to be a chicken. I went to Juilliard for this. <laughs> I went to Juilliard for this, and so we're in Oahu, and we're we're like you know Tiger Beach or somewhere like we're North Shore kind of place, and there's just goddamn little chickens everywhere, and they're cute, they're colorful, and everything else, and they're trying to get in the car, and everything, and I, I just I said like. There shouldn't be anybody hungry because there are chicken dinners running around. Free chicken. Uh, everywhere. Just grab one and eat it. Yeah. And this guy tells me, he goes, he goes, well, you know that here in Hawaii, we have a, we have a recipe for that. And so if you're, hard, if you're on hard times, I'll tell you the recipe for Hawaiian chicken. I'm, I'm all ears. He goes, what you do is you get yourself a big ass lava rock. Check. And you throw it in the fire, and you let it get hella hot, mm. and you get a big pot of water going. Mm. And you get a big pot of water going, and you get that water up to a good boil, and then you, uh, you throw the lava rock in the pot of water, and you take the, the, the stripped chicken, the, the de-feathered chicken, and you throw it in the pot with the lava rock. And you don't need to worry about a timer because it's going to take care of itself. And he goes, so you let that go until the water's tepid. And you take the chicken out and you dump out all the water and then you eat the lava rock because that's better than the chicken. These oh. chickens are unedible. Street birds. And I said, you got to be kidding me. You, you, you can't eat. He goes, you can't eat that, man. Mm. You can't eat that. If we could have been, if we could eat that, we'd have been eating that for a hundred years. That is a fucking invasive species. That is a mess. He goes, that is just a, a worthless fucking chicken. And 
I, I thought, oh man, I learn something all the time. Well, that's, right? Yeah, I mean, like when you see when you see like my wife, the chickens that we have that are you know the ones that aren't like a meat chicken or whatever. They're not big, fat, giant birds, man. They're kind of slender, you know? They're kind of whatever. So you see the meat one, the one that she rescued is like a meat chicken. Yeah. That motherfucker's like 30 pounds. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he was bred to be just a beach ball with legs. Like, it's (laughs) insane how big this chicken is. Like, I have to pick him up, and he tries to bite the fuck out of me. And then (laughs) the best part is, is they'll go after spots on your hands. And so I had my finger broken. It was just healing with this fucking like tumor sticking out of it. So this fucking chicken thinks I have a bug on my finger and just goes, whoa. So these are the Christie Canyons of chickens. <laughs> yeah, dude. They're just giant. They're bull- only good for one thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Got it. you in the fucking okay. broken Fair head. Enough. That's weird. All right. So back to motorcycles. So now we're, now we're done talking about recipes for chicken. Uh, <laughs> and now we're yeah, off right, of yeah. liquor. We're that. yeah, we're and, right. and we've had our moped chat. We're back onto that. We're, that's cool. I th- you know, Actually, I, that is cool. I'm I like lie. the way we move around. I know. I know. Yeah, I'm it's good with the way we move around. But if you're going to be a moped army, that's a pretty cool way of being a oh, yeah, no moped kidding. army. The whole idea of the velodrome and that idea of like literally backyard racing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and because we do that. Like, oh, yeah. Like, we <laughs> love that shit. We're planning on it. We're trying to make funny thing go. do more of it. Now we know where we're going to hold 24 hours a buddy. What about the Cleveland Velodrome? Oh, that'd be, that's a tight. Have that's you a tight. been on the Cleveland I've Velodrome? I've when I was racing. Yeah, yeah, it's gnarly. There ain't no... I've we lost playing skin around on that motherfucker. Yeah. We ain't playing around no. on, on motor vehicles on the Dude, Cleveland I, Velodrome. I, I looked down for one second at You're my done. fucking Garmin, and that was it. You done. eat shit, dude. It done. Was, there, yeah. is no, there is no riding motorcycles around the Cleveland Dude, Velodrome. Dude, that's like a 35 or 40 degree bank. That's yes. like a serious yeah. fucking bank, It's man. insane. But that's truly, that is one of those things... That you cannot. Um, so more motorcycle stuff. Yeah, we're gonna get into some motorcycle stuff because this is BMW, and the reason I got to bring up BMW, and the reason it's important to bring up BMW, is that um, right now BMW has just announced that they're allowed to sell motorcycles again. Oh, good, right? Good, yeah, and so, um, but they're not selling. Big motorcycles. Mm. So I, one of my customers came into the shop today and said, good news, everybody. Sills can't sell brand new BMWs. But because Sills can't sell brand new BMWs, my two-year-old used BMW is very desirable to oh, them. right, yeah. And so he took his two-year-old uh, BMW or three-year-old BMW over to Sills. He's got very few miles on it. And they were all too happy to have a piece of inventory in their stock that they could sell. Because there is a lockdown on things that have the EVAP system problem, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that uh, that BMW is not to be selling those. So they were happy to get a beautiful, clean, used bike into their showroom so that they have something to offer customers who might want to come in and buy something from them. Yeah, right. Because that's fucking important, right? Okay. So what BMW, a- the only bike that, they, that survived the embargo that they said we could sell was the electric, right? The electric BMW C3 scooter, which looks like something from, you know, the Tron movie or, well, or whatever. You know, it's kind of funny. Is that what you're showing us right here? I am not. Oh, okay. So whatever that is, looks like they've ripped off a Predator 212 from Harbor Freight and shoved the fucking plastic cover in the middle <laughs> of it. So the motorcycle I'm showing you right now is called the BMW CE02. Um, as more and more motorcycle companies, reputable motorcycle companies, yeah. are saying that we need to offer something in the electric space, uh, 
things are getting fucking weird out there, man. Uh, I've had I've been having just very bad relationships with electric vehicles this month. It has not been good. So BMW is doing a major campaign, a major push for this uh, BMW electric motorcycle. And we talked about the Kawasaki electric motorcycle last week. And we talked about how it's kind of nonsensical for that kind of money, for tall money, yeah. that you can't go 50 miles an hour and you can't go 50 miles. No, right? it's ridiculous. It's insane. It's fucking ridiculous. Like, like, like when, when Sun Ron makes Kawasaki Sir look Ron. dumb yep. or Sir however Ron, you say yep. it. Yeah. Sir Ron, yep. Like they yep. really got to talk to their engineers. Yeah, they do. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so when BMW launches a complete fucking push on this thing, and the best thing I can say about it is the... I'm a fake Briggs and Stratton plastic engine cover. Yeah. That's on the side of it. And that is the second ugliest Grom I've ever seen in my life. But Tom, you look at this vehicle and you think that's an electric powered Grom. It yeah. totally looks like, like the, and actually the, the reflection on the black one looks like a fucking Honda symbol. Oh, so yeah. I thought it was a Honda. Wait yeah. for it, boys. Those tires are not 12 inch tires. Those are 16-inch tires. This is a full-size goddamn motorcycle. Oh, wow. <gasps> That's interesting. With a, interesting. With a front tire that big? I cry for doesn't, our children. Doesn't BMW have engineers that tell you that big, fat front tires are stupid? But look, they, I think they still have a rear single-sided swing arm. They kept it straight BMW. <sighs> well, so you're right. You're absolutely right. Belt drive. Uh, it's not a hub motor. It's a, a, a an outboard motor. I think that's a, the way to go motor. too to get more of a real motorcycle feel. Like it gets it out of that hub motor scootery mm-hmm. fucking like feel mm-hmm. to the things. Yep. Yeah. I agree. I agree. So, but here's my here's my trouble with this, and I, I I'm not going to give a ton of I'm not, I want to give I don't want to give a lot of oxygen to this thing. But the reason I want to bring it up is this is not fling poo out of China. Mm-mm. This well, is it probably is, but with the BMW sticker. No, we're going to talk about that for one second. Oh, okay. All right. Because it's not real hard to figure out where this bike comes from. BMW is not going to advertise to you the country of origin of this bike. No, but those do look like, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Benelli forks. <laughs> who's going to advertise to you and who's going to tell you all about the origin of this bike are the people who build it. And the people who build it are in India. Well, yeah. No way. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's Bajaj. So the people who build this bike are in, in, in India. And this particular bike is very much, this is, we're talking about 15 horsepower here. We're talking about, they, they say 44 pounds feet of torque. That's, I, that's questionable, way. right? But they are, this is not just for the Indian market. This is not just for the home network. This is being announced for the United States market at $7,599, available at your BMW dealer. Place your order as soon as you want. Chennai, this is a partnership between BMW and TVS. And TVS is a big deal in India. Well, yeah, because mm-hmm. they do, they literally have the TVS uh, Bajaj mm-hmm. uh, Ape. Ape, the Going three-wheeler. First yep. one half a second. Yes, please. When you when you were mentioning India and this is not for India, right? 
my brain just kicked. Is this for the, India? No, but I, okay. Yeah. So I was just thinking about all these bikes, but then thinking about the power lines that yeah. you see in India, like just all over the yeah. place with dudes yeah. like climbing poles to yeah. like charge their motorcycle yeah. and stuff. Yeah. If oh. California is already feeling the pinch on their electricity power That's network what I'm saying. due to electric vehicles. I would not say that. Listen, I like, I love Indian people. I love India. I'm not dogging either one, but like as, and I might be wrong. I'm only going by what I've seen mm-hmm. in pictures and stuff. Yeah. But the electrical system does not seem up to code in most areas. Right. Like it yes. just looks very haphazard. <clears throat> I feel like if you plugged in too many light bulbs, You'd you might a- burn the neighborhood <laughs> yeah, down. That's right? my point. That's right. my point. Um, I'm sorry. We're going to need a 220 line over here. Yeah. Great. Those six people have, are going to lose their houses. I have, I have <laughs> seen, I have seen hot swappable, um, Basically, you take take the big wire that is just burned out, yeah, and you knock it out with a broom handle, and you put the new one in you with the, the broom one, handle, yeah. and you wrap it. Yeah, and I'm you're like, not wrong. what in the hell? You're not wrong. Uh, so anyway, the I mean, reason, I'm, I'm yeah. sure there I'm sure there are built up nice areas of, of India, but the problem is, being Americans, we get everything we know from YouTube, yeah, and so it always shows the guys climbing on the trains and the 16 people on the Bajaj. One tens. There are plenty of YouTube videos talking about how dangerous it is to ride the train in India, right? Right. Of course. But my my real problem is my problem, my my concern, (laughs) my issue is that we are getting to the point where this is a glorified electric bicycle. Yeah. Yeah. This is not an 80 mile an hour vehicle. This is just like the Kawasaki we talked about last week. Uh, One of my biggest problems with this particular vehicle is its excessive use of plastic fuckwithery. Right? Yeah, right. Um, there's no better way to say it. There's very little substance in this thing, and there's a lot of plastic coating, and there's a lot of plastic things that look like it should be on a child's toy. And when I was a kid growing up, they had these huffy uh, bicycles that were the evil Knievel bicycles, yeah. and they had like fake plastic motors on them, and you could like they were just garbage, right? And it was like a fake motor and all that crap. And that kind of feels like what this is to me. And you know what was sad about those bikes? Yeah. Like because they also had like the ones that looked like Yamahas yeah. and they had an arm. Like I kind of wanted one when I saw it. And then one of my kids up the street got one and I got to ride it and I was like, oh, I don't want that. I don't want that. Like I was glad yeah. I didn't get one because they were terrible. I'd rather have a seventy five hundred dollar Reese Mueller electric bike than right. that. Because I could throw it in my truck, yeah. Yeah. take it up north with me when we go camping. Yeah. And it's probably Absolutely. as fast and as efficient as that. Oh, definitely. I really, really have problems with being force-fed something that somebody somewhere at BMW has said is the thing that we are going to be uh, looking forward to. And as more and more people think that they are hitting the future early, they're getting there early, uh, I do not think that this is where BMW is going to find their new clients. Uh, BMW's... But Phil. Yep, go ahead. We know how well the C1 did. Well, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, yeah, right, right. A scooter with a roof. Everybody is riding around in a BMW C1 right now. Clearly, clearly. This is what bothers me, that BMW is saying... This is the ultimate means of transport for a new generation. Well, but the ultimate is always BMW's tagline. I know. 
That's for everything. That's been for cars. That's and, been for everything they've sold for a long, long time. Any one thing BMW has proved but is they're not the ultimate, the ultimate, of ultimate driving machine. But right. unless they have the ultimate tombstones on the front but of the But are we car. talking this way because their marketing is so good that they've already foreseen the fact that all of us are going to hate this fucking thing? And so they just leaned into it and they're like, okay, 20-year-old kid. Fuck these old guys well, that I, talk on well, podcast. That's the thing. I'm is, talking to you, is, you, the 20 year old. Come on, you, you and me, we're talking now. And this, yeah. you nah, love this, this is, fucking This isn't going to sell them. But the, the reality is, I mean, I have seen the damage a, a G310 will take. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they are, I mean, and it's a bajaj. Right. They right, are right. indestructible. I totally agree. I completely agree. And I don't, I don't know what he was talking What is it? The what BMW is, G310. The BMW G310. Yeah. Oh. So okay. the BMW motorcycle that they have built for them in India. Yeah. Okay. Is okay. arguably one of the most hit it with a rock, hit it with a stick. Oh, yeah. It is going to survive. Not particularly high power output for a 310 engine, but extraordinarily tough. Now, I don't know a lot about children because I don't have any. <laughs> okay. But do we know many 19 year old kids that have eight large? No, no. To buy this because they're not seeing it as eight large, they're seeing it as 72 months at $185 a month. Now, there you go. Now, that might be where I'm missing the point. Yeah, because my daughters don't talk about how much shit costs, right? They just don't like, and they're not, they're not dumb with money. But my 21 year old, she's like, Oh, my phone is $87 a month. You know, you know what I mean? Like, how, yeah, it's a thirteen hundred dollar phone. You bought a thirteen hundred dollar phone. How much? How anybody here at the table? How much did your phone cost? Mine was like one hundred and fifty dollars, ninety nine bucks. How much does your phone cost per month? Fifteen dollars. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's right. that is right. the this is the generation. Yeah. Like even even to the point where I I that was where I started coming but in. But that's not no, that's not fair. I don't is, pay, no no. I bought my phone cash. Yeah, right. My my service. My service is eighty bucks. Yeah. 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 Service is different than buying. Right. Items that you have but, to pay monthly on. I mean, you know I, I have not personally. No, I used to buy um, Motorola's from uh, Amazon. Amazon had their own branded phones, and they were cheap as hell. And there was that was the last time I paid 150 bucks for a phone. Now I just pay the 10 bucks at 10 bucks extra, which is what you're talking talking about with your daughter is right. a, a payment for usage per month right. is what they're going to look at versus Correct. spending nine thousand dollars after tax. Right, that's what I'm saying. The new generation exactly. doesn't care about how much it costs; and it's how much it is a month. The bigger question is: is how do you sell this to somebody that wants you know the latest Pixel or the latest yeah. you know every every human in this. And now this, what I've got pulled up for you guys, this isn't, uh, this isn't somebody else's story. This is BMW's corporate website, right? Telling the world about their product. Okay. And every human in their ad is a teenager. Yeah. Every human being in their ad is a teenager. And this is a bike that has a 55 mile range. If you put it in eco mode. Like the slowest mode, the horrible right. mode. Nobody we, wants we to. We learned be in. about that on those Evo scooters. We did on our on our electric. Yeah. When we did our, one of my proudest moments of our test of that electric, their electric scooter shootout, was all of us having the come to Jesus moment of going like, "Wow, advertised miles and real miles are totally not the same thing." Right. And well, re- and also doing those last eight or ten miles at. 13 miles now, whatever the fuck you guys were stuck at. Everybody who rode an electric bike in that shootout, we were all having fun in games until the last seven miles of the trip. Yep. And we started dropping like flies. Dan happened to be on the right bike. By the time things sorted out, Dan was on the right bike, but the rest of us were gafucked. Yeah. Right? 
Everybody else was well, push me home, had a pull push. me home, drag me. Oh, was, who had a push? Didn't everybody make it? But it was like at four miles an hour, though. Yeah, that was, was the problem. terrible. Yeah, right? yeah, that was the problem. Chris, which bike were you riding at the end of the test? Do you I, even remember? I, I don't know, but I, I made it there with no problem. You made it with no problem. Yeah. You arrived no, back was, at the he shop. He was on the Evo, I think. You, yeah, I think he did. I think he was on the Evo and made it back. You were on a bike that made it back. No, mine's... You're pooped mine, out, too. Mine crapped out about five long blocks away. Yes! I was on my Africa <laughs> twin, so I was just having fun watching all these guys but, fail. Like, <laughs> I was pushing mine with my feet. Yeah, right? it was and bad. I was pushing mine with my feet because at, when I got down to 5%, it became useless. Whoever I was following that was winning, I yeah. don't think it was you. Who was the other... Uh, he won. Chris won. Chris, won. Chris made it all the no, way back somebody, with no problems. Somebody was up there and they were laughing. They're like, I'm going to make it no problem. And then the bike went from like 25 to like 4 yeah. Like it was like, yeah. <laughs> I remember them was saying, like, Oscar? I know Oscar's, it was Oscar. Uh, I think Oscar ended up on the Vespa because the Vespa needed the lightest rider in our pack right. to even continue going. But, but he was doing like, it was like doing, tw- it was in the limp mode. Oh, yeah. but the limp mode was still 20. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, and we were like four make blocks yeah. away. And he was like, I'm totally going to make it. And it was like, <laughs> it just stopped. <laughs> and there, that feeling of, the feeling of joy that we all had when we were in Avon Lake doing drag races and all kinds of fun <laughs> shit. It was great. It's silent. Look at us. Have fun. That all was totally evaporated in the last five miles from the shop. Yeah. And that last five miles, I saw real fear and concern on people's faces. <laughs> and we went from being like, this is the future to like, the future is not trustworthy. <laughs> Fuck the, the future. future. The right. future is unsure. <laughs> I will take any Chinese gas-powered scooter you give me right now. Range anxiety is real. Range anxiety is real. <laughs> I have PTSD. Yeah. yeah. It, it was fucked. So that's what this thing is. And uh, when they have things like plugged to life and all that crap. Like, Look at this fucking guy. Oh, believe me. Everybody in this website. I can't believe they don't have him as a DJ right now. Like, wait, wait. Now I want to call be, you, I, uh, right? Judge, Judge Dredd is calling out on the C four hundred GT. The C four hundred GT. Yeah. Oh my god, that's, that picture is Ride and Style Collection. Yeah. Discover our collection from. Oh, they're going after Harley with the clothing. Oh, you ride the BMW well, yeah, no, scooter? BM, no, BMW has always had a lifestyle selection. It, it literally has been the Harley Davidson of Germany. And this guy who's Bieber with a chin in the middle. Uh. Uh, <laughs> that guy, all he's like. To me, as so a wait, does his special edition BMW actually have collar? No, but look, at, I bet you those glasses are BMW glasses because oh, yeah. they have a very unique. But they're style. probably buying like uh, Ray-Ban or yeah, yeah. of, BMW and they're probably about collar. five bills. Oh, yeah. I would say. I don't even want to go there. <laughs> shop now. Can we shop? Can we please shop? Ooh, you want to shop? Sleepy, yes. Sleepy I would like to glasses. buy some BMW glasses okay. if we could possibly do All right, do it let's here. shop, boys. Let's shop. I'm going to go ahead. We're going to give it like two minutes. We're not going to go too deep into no, this because no, I, I really don't want to go too deep Because we have a bunch of hate mail to get to. Yeah. I just want to see. Yep. Like, okay, let's go to casual gear. Yeah, I'm sure it's in casual yeah, gear. Yeah, right? We don't want their GPS. We know that works. That's fine. has to be in casual gear. All right. See, that's all the normal. No, BMW I think that's stuff. in riders' gear. It must yeah. be in riders' gear. Okay, never mind. Wait for it. I, oh I no, there's the bandana. Oh, that's got to be new because there's nobody wearing bandanas from BMW. I don't know, man. I'm gonna give this one pass, and if I don't see sunglasses, right. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Okay. I'm out. I don't want to see it. Uh, but in any case, I'm just gonna say very it's carefully, sleepy. It's not a bandana. It's an ascot. <laughs> it's an ascot. <laughs> Uh, they do not reveal the price of their stuff. Okay, Bastard. so that's that's, of course not. that's oh you roll it into the oh wait pint. it is thirty five dollars for a ball cap. Oh, it's not bad. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> it's, 
Yeah. They, yeah. They, they got no snapbacks over there. This, oh. this inflation has had its way with you. $35 for ball cap. That's a promotional ball cap. That should be free. I like the cycling cap. We're just going to roll my favorite roll it into the finance. It'll be fine. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. I'm out. Special I don't promotion. want to talk about it anymore. It's, it's angering me on I'm, every I, fucking I, level of my I'm being. A, how much All does right. a Vespa snapback cost? Vespa doesn't have snapbacks. Oh. Vespas are uh, dur- that one fit thing. Eh. And oh, we, sell yeah. them, uh, we sell them at the shop for 20 bucks. And to be to be a Vespa dealer, you buy the Vespa promo pack. Oh yeah, for like five hundred bucks, and it's got like twenty hats and and like lanyards and bullshit. So you buy just like a wad of shit, like you're going to be at a motorcycle show throwing stuff out, and then you sell it to the people who come into your shop at like cheap price twenty. Like we sell the hats 20, 20 bucks a piece, right? Because it's goodwill. And then anybody who buys a Vespa at my shop, I'll usually be like, you know, grab a hat out of the hat box or something, right? Yeah. You know, like fucking knock yourself out. Uh, there are still people that are like, man, I just bought a bike. I got to have something for free. I'm like, okay, take a fucking hat. You know, like right. if it makes you feel better, right? Um, yeah, we don't care. It, it doesn't bother what, us. What they don't know <laughs> is that night you're at home going, I had to give away that hat, man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, we know about the shop. And we had a young lady in the shop the other day. And she was like, she was not going to not get something for free. She was going to get something for free. She's like, can I get a free top case? I was like, no, I can't get a, give you a free top case. And her husband kept saying, like, Phil, man, you don't understand. She's Vietnamese or, or whatever, right? She's from in her culture. She has to ask for something for free, and you have to give it to her. Otherwise, we haven't done a deal. Uh, and I was like, okay, uh, thank you. Uh, one, I respect anytime yeah. anybody tells me yeah. that that's the cultural way they want to do it. That's great. That's cool. And so when she said that, and I could see like, this wasn't the first time she asked for something for free. So then I was like, okay, great. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, here's what gonna do. If you buy the Vespa and you buy the top case and you buy the windshield, I'm going to give you free installation of those items because that's my time. Right. I will give you my time for free. And I can assure you that it takes a little time. It, I didn't does. Know it, does. Things, man. it does. Anybody yeah. that works in our shop knows that installing yeah. accessories can be a rough day. Oh, <laughs> oh, you want the fucking protection guards? Oh, sweet. I hope you're picking your bike up in three days. Fucker. <laughs> Some <laughs> fitment may be required. Yeah, right. right. And, wait, me, oh, good. I dropped the bolt down inside the fucking cage. That's <laughs> awesome. Let oh, get, oh, crap. <laughs> crash guards. Let me get the tubing bender. Oh, yeah. when Chris, when Chris, when Chris is helping out of the shop and Chris is like, okay, this part does not possibly fit into this place. And right. I'm like, it does. It, it does. does. <laughs> but it's not going to be easy. And then you get but smart. Chris is like careful. Chris doesn't want to break anything. Yeah, right. So Chris is like, dude, Phil, you got to come over here and do dude, this. There's that one when you're putting those crash bars on. That one fucking thing. Oh, yeah. when I start to whimper. Yeah. <laughs> but dude, Me, meanwhile, I'm in the back with my sledgehammer just wailing away on something. I've had, I've had motor cases <laughs> cracked apart and have had less stress than putting the crash guards on a Vespa. Oh, yeah. When you're putting that long bolt that goes through like the fucking plastics and it's, it's, yeah. it's a welded bolt. So yeah. if you fuck the threads up, oh, yeah, like, your whole done. life sucks. And so you're, I'm like, you're just, just sweat dripping off every part of your fucking body and you're like oh, oh it's threaded okay good thank god <laughs> there are things in the world that you can cross thread right no, this isn't not, one of them. No. not a not a body and a, if you break it off nut. oh you're fucked you just total the bike yeah, yeah right that's the frame yeah <laughs> it's done it's, it's done so terrifying you'd better tack weld that thing to the chassis yep because it's never going on <laughs> yep, ever again right it is it's just one of those moments where you're like wait a second 
this is far more difficult than it needs to be. Right. Because the guy who built the accessory and the guy who built the bike have never been in the same country as each oh, other. Yeah. Right? So getting back to the free I think they hate each story. other, to be honest with so you. anyway. Yeah. Oh, no, I gave her free installation. I gave yeah. her the whole... I gave oh, her, so like, she took that rather than... I'm just saying that that's an actual value. She took physical. She took the product. That's not, a, that's not a tip I of the hat. I gave her like, 180 bucks worth yeah, of labor. It literally would have been cheaper to give her a top case. Yeah. I could have <laughs> gave her a whole bag of hats. That's it. And, and that was what it took. I gave her the free labor. I gave her the free time, right? Because I'm giving him my time. I'll donate the time. Right. But it's like other items that are tangible that have a dollar amount associated with them. Like every time in, I'm in my shop, I just see margins. I just see numbers that are like, okay, well, if I give up that margin, I'll never get that back. Right. There, there is no second chance at that. So I can only sell things at anything resembling a profit one time. And... We're doing a crazy deal on the Benelli TNT 135s right yep. now that is, it hurts my soul to sell these really good, fun little motorcycles as cheap as I'm selling them simply because the geopolitical stage right now in America is that one distributor is not going to be handling them anymore and the distributor that's about to be handling them isn't set up yet. So right now, these bikes are like a man without a country, Right. But I still live in a world where January 1st, it's, the calendar is going to say 2024. Right. And yeah. when the calendar says 2024, every swing and dick that comes through my shop is going to feel like they have leverage. Yeah. It's because that's America. Like, hey, you know, how much is one of those leftover left 2023s? Well, the 2024s aren't out yet. And the people who are going to sell them don't have a business license yet. So these motherfuckers are actually a hot commodity. Every time I sell one of those bikes, there's one less available to somebody else who wants one. And the guys who are supposed to be selling them in the future aren't ready to do that yet. Mm -hmm. And that's a weird spot to be in. That's a good spot, though, because you kind of have the market cornered. Except for there's that we have to now overcome a prejudice. And overcoming prejudices in Americans can be a hard thing to do. And so when they come in and they go, well, that bike happens to have the number 2022 on it or 2023 on it, I have leverage. And you don't really have leverage. And a lot of people feel like, oh, did you tell me something? Did you make a mistake? Well, now I have leverage because you made a mistake. Or now I perceive that that vehicle is devalued. But they don't have an accurate representation well, of the, the field. And the thing is, with and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, you no, obviously know do. this better, but um, to me, I don't give a fuck what year on the bike, it's what generation of the bike are we talking about. Well, you're an extraordinarily European thinking right. person. Well, that's what I'm saying. But right. so they, okay, what did they change from 22, 23? Nothing. Nothing. Did they change the color? No. No. The, and then you're still driving a twenty. Yeah, but I got a I got an eight thousand dollar discount on my Ford F one fifty because it says twenty twenty two on the title, and the twenty twenty threes were already coming out, and they didn't have people to buy them. Yep, right, right. So because the twenty two and the twenty three are identically change, oh, the same vehicle, uh, the motorcycle, thanks to the cars, COVID. Oh, okay, right. Thanks to COVID, oh, okay. the twenty twenty two Ford F one fifty and the twenty twenty three F one fifty, they're just happy to have the chips to sell the twenty twenty twos. No, no, no. It was the blue oval. Still blue. They couldn't find the no. They couldn't find. Oh, they the were blue out of blue. They were out of the ovals. Mine doesn't have one. It's true. <laughs> my my F one fifty does not have a blue oval. Yeah, yeah. And that's I, you so might just laugh have a that was, No, that was the ironic thing is they parked so many trucks because they could not get the oval for the truck. Mine doesn't have one. Yeah, 
It doesn't. That was literally is it just a black like Ford. On yeah. The front? Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it has the Ford on it. That was. I swear to God, somebody printed it on a three D printer. <laughs> they, the front, the the logo on the front of my truck they, is not the same logo that's on my 08. They they oh. had thousands of trucks parked because they could not source Standards. the blue oval. But thanks to and and thanks it. to Andrew coming into my shop today, I learned about a catch can on a 5.0, and I'm going to be buying that shit right now, quick in a hurry, because I'm <laughs> yes. not going to fucking suffer what he suffered. What'd you uh, suffer? Uh, you definitely need a catch can on a 5 liter. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, on the F-150s. The, you know, reburn of the um, uh, uh, unburnt oil goes back into the backs of the cylinders and causes a huge issue. Uh. So... If you go to a dealer, they'll tell you it's not a huge issue. But if you get on Reddit, there's thousands of people with the same issue, and the catch can's the only thing, you know. So it's not reburning that oil into the intake. Sleepy, your company, your company sells a catch can. I'm sure they do yep. for my five liter. Yep. I can get that for you. It's only two hundred nineteen dollars for the kit. Okay. The kit is a can, mm-hmm. a length of hose. Yep. Two 90-degree elbows and four worm clamps. Yeah, but it's probably been like dot approved or something. No, no. No, 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 The no. same kit on Amazon is nineteen yeah. ninety nine yeah. because demand. Because we all now live in a world of direct injection vehicles having problems and walnut blasting and all these <clears throat> you know solutions to these problems are very expensive and have considerable cost associated with them. So that a catch can, which used to be in my world, a way that we could legally get a vehicle on the racetrack, has turned into a way to keep your fucking car engine from scattering or yeah. having problems. But you know, that's crazy, yeah. though. Like that, the, the Fords are having that problem. Then my yeah. stupid Dodge is unknown that they, you know, they needed more oil holes to get oil into the fucking heads. Like, how are they getting away with this shit? Well, well like there's can, 20 and 30 and 100,000. I can worth tell you. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, right in the industry. I, I, I loved automobiles before I got in the industry and once you get in you realize everything's just uh it's it's penny pinching corporate you know it's how cheap can we make this this cheap okay next year how much cheaper can we make you know and sourcing bad products getting you know we're le we were talking about leds outside earlier all the headlamps and all of the these vehicles are led they have computers in them you need an ecu to light it up. It's not just like you're out in the garage with the 12 volt anymore, you know? Right, right. And, but yeah, it's just cheaper. We build the first run in America. Then we buy all these Chinese vendors and it's the same thing you guys were talking about with the BMW canister catch can, why they're not selling them. Mm-hmm. They probably, they don't make it. They source it. That person that's the first tier manufacturer uh, just wants to make it cheaper because they want more money. And, and that's where they're at. You know, the tooling, that it takes to, uh, you know, tooling changes for these uh, pieces of equipment. It's it's crazy money, and they just want it all cheap. Um, talking so, about lighting for our so. motorcycles is a big deal. We had a customer bring a bike into the shop, uh, a Vespa, into mm. the shop yep. that had God's LED headlight on it. Oh, yeah. And it was <laughs> a smaller replica of the Harley-Davidson Daymaker. And Harley-Davidson takes great pride in their Daymaker headlight, right? And their Daymaker headlight, I've seen those things sell for between $400 and $700, right? And it's just a fucking headlight, man. It's just a a bunch of LEDs and a bunch of lenses 
and and how you manage the light that's coming out of it is all about you know angles and mirrors and reflectors and 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 cool shit like that. But they're very very expensive. But there's also very similar to daymakers. And when you start getting into that world of motorcycle lighting and you start going like, man, my, my buddy's got this new Harley and it's got a Daymaker headlight on it and it is legitimately fucking brilliant headlight. Brilliant. Uh, it's a really good light. And then I bought a, not a Daymaker and put it on one of my motorcycles and I was like, this is the best headlight I've ever purchased. This is the best headlight man. I've ever owned in my goddamn life. Well, there's a dude you can see that on uh, a couple of things on YouTube where they have spectral analysis yeah. and he'll take like a clear water LED, which is like a $1,200 adventure light. Right. And then he takes like whatever the new rigid or whatever, you know, whatever the, the $300, you know, not the shit light bars, but like <laughs> the ones that are like, you know, the reviews are good not and the, stuff, right? Not the Harbor Freight knockoff. Yeah, right, right. So whatever, like a decent, like kind of cheaper, whatever. Sure. And it's literally within 5% now. Like before it used to be right. insane. Yeah. And that, that's not saying the longevity though. You know, mm-hmm. you might be getting half the lifespan of a thing, but even at a half the lifespan, you're, whatever you put it on is going to be dead before that even fucking blows right. out. So that's, that, a, that's a good point. The one the dude had earlier is either a JW speaker, which I've actually installed a couple of, mm-hmm. or a knockoff of the JW speaker, which you can buy for about a third of the price. Sure. Which looks exactly sure. the same. Yeah, that's... When we think about a, a very small percentage to go from a light that is absolutely made in China, but is going to cost you the consumer between four hundred and seven hundred dollars, to a other light that's made in China that's going to cost you the consumer between forty and a hundred dollars, right? And it's going to be indiscernible to the naked eye which one is putting out different light in, in different manner. Now. You may remember a thousand episodes ago when I was testing some different amber lights to put on the front of my Harley Davidson. Mm-hmm. Some of those uh, you know, pursuit lights. lights. Oh, oh so yeah. So pursuit lights is the term I use, but some people call them highway lights or whatever. Sure. And uh, I had bought some. I bought about six different lights, and they're all it's the same thing. And the fact that anybody charges any real money for them is hilarious because back from the days when Harley Davidson started, that is just a four-inch tractor light. So if you go to Farm and Fleet, you go to any tractor supply store, that's the same four-inch light that we have been putting on utility agricultural vehicles in this country for well over 100 years. That's what it is, and it's what it always has been. And the chrome bucket that holds it on every Harley-Davidson and every Indian and every Honda and every Kawasaki Vulcan is the same basket. And the bulb goes in the basket, and there's a ring that goes around, and that's how it works. Now, what's in there is what matters. Now, I have been in the aviation industry where we would routinely sell motorcycle people aviation landing lights that go on the landing gear of airplanes that are brighter than God. Mm -hmm. And when you turn them on cars, seven miles away from you are like, fuck you. Right. (laughs) And they were very expensive, but they work great. They're 12 volts and they light up the world, but they are not good at being shaded on the top. So you don't blind oncoming drivers. So Harley-Davidson had a way that on the motorcycle, you could turn on the high beam of your regular headlight, ting, or you could turn on your pursuit lights or your highway lights, but you couldn't have them both on. So that if you turned on the pursuit or highway lights, your headlight automatically dipped into the low beam setting because having all three of those bastards on bright at the same time was considered to be unsafe to other drivers. 
Harley people immediately started disabling that. <laughs> so they could literally have their hardwired switches in so they could run their takedown lights or their pursuit lights at the same time and give you that, fuck you, this is a electric glide at a long distance. Celebrate me, I'm riding a Harley Davidson. <laughs> but all the Japanese ones left the circuitry intact so that you couldn't do that. So you could have the, the down low lights on your soft tail, but you couldn't light them up and run the high beam on your, your main headlight at the same time. Okay, fair enough. That's cool. A lot of states have a rule that say you're not allowed to have more than two lights burning on the front of your motorcycle at any one time. So you'd be limited to two lights as opposed to the running of the three. And Honda and Kawasaki and Yamaha very much wanted to be compliant in the United <laughs> States. Harley Davidson says, no, fuck it, install a switch. So I buy all these amber lights and I'm testing them. And I end up finding a pair of what I call baby daymakers. And they're amber. Technically, they're orange. And I like orange better than I like amber. I install them on the Harley police fucking road king. And I hook the switch up and I'm driving around. And it looks cool. It's got orange lights on it. It's pretty badass. And I noticed when I flipped them on that the green highway signs that were like seven miles away would light up. Uh-oh. And I noticed when I would have them on and it would get anything other than bright sunlight outside, it'd start to get dark out. All the oncoming cars would, would flash their headlights at me quite aggressively. But I really wasn't seeing a whole lot of perceivable light in the corners where I wanted these lights to be showing in case there were deer or animals or potholes or shit like that. Even though I had them aimed into those areas. That's the difference. It turns out that a whole lot of light going out is cool unless you're the guy looking at it. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to LEDs, they can be fucking painful to look at. Oh, dude. And if you've ever had the guy behind you with the J.C. Whitney light bar, the Harbor Freight light bar in the back of the truck that's on, you'll know that that is an indiscriminate fuck you to everybody on planet Earth who owns eyes. Dude, They all the new fucking pickup trucks, the yeah. 24s and 23s and shit. Yeah. When I get out by my house, like tonight, when I'm driving home yeah. tonight, I'll be on one of these back roads with no zero light, zero. There'll be fights black. Yeah. And it's hilly. Yeah. Right? So you're just going, I'll have my brights on, which in my Hyundai are basically headlights. They're not sure. even bright. Sure. You're going up and down these hills, and all of a sudden you crest one, and one of these motherfuckers with their LED lights on, I, I can't see for 15 minutes. Right. Like when they cross through at that area, they're so fucking bright now that like, I mean, like it hurts. Like you, and the thing is, is I, I've noticed you can't look away. No, you can't. You try oh, to right. look away, and then it fucking pulls your eyes into it, and you're like, "God damn it, stop looking at it!" I'm like, "I can't fucking stop can't looking stop. at it. Oh, I can't fucking, stop it's looking terrible. at it." Terrible. I terrible. I just, hmm. I'm, I'm gonna, I gotta the pull other, it up because okay. I know sometimes, and sometimes here we 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 might occasionally poke a little fun at Harley Davidson because I think they can afford it. Um, we're not going to harm their at their those prices. Of course, much. they can. I don't think we're going to hurt them too much. I think they're okay. Um, they'll probably survive our bullshit podcast saying something <laughs> about their company. But but I did want to bring this up, and I'm not. I'm just going to pop it up onto the screen, and I'm I'm really not going to say anything as I pop it up. I'm just going to kind of let it linger for a second, as you guys can give your opinion about this particular thing. All right, guys, call your attention to. Uh, call your attention to the screen in front of you. Olivia Rodriguez. The folks at home can already see it. Oh, all right, folks. What do you got going on there, bud? 
Anyone want to read that for me? That's a $900 headlight. It's literally a seven-inch Daymaker adaptive LED headlight, and it is $902.95. Does adaptive mean that it automatically goes from light to high to low or something? I would hope so. I would hope that adaptive means that it... I don't know. Honestly, I, I don't know where, bucks to, know where to go with this. So for, uh, it's what I was $900. What I was going to bring up a minute ago, and this is a good point, is that's $902 for a Harley light. Yep. So say the new Hummer, we developed that, our company did, put it out. Those lamps are like $2,500 a side. What? And then the, the middle one what? is like 1500 If you look up eBay prices, what? you can probably gauge it. But then, then the thing that nobody understands about the LEDs, if that LED goes bad, you replace the lamp. Yep. Though so, you yeah, know that's that's. I'm glad you brought that up. So you've you've got a this front end of a new Hummer has six thousand dollars worth of lights on it. Jesus Just the Christ. middle Jesus and the two lights. Christ. Yeah. If you look up eBay prices, you can probably see them for two thousand. But they're expensive. And that's wow. why I wanted to bring this up because keep in mind. That if you're going to put a very expensive projector beam or very expensive LED beam, chip on board beam in your front of your motorcycle, there are no user serviceable parts inside this unit. So if that is not performing correctly, there is no, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to replace components inside. Makes me feel a lot better about the $200 Holly yeah. LED that I had sleepy get me. That has a replaceable light in it, a Morimoto LED. Yeah, there you go. Morimoto is good shit too, by the way. When I not with them dudes. When I see something like this in the motorcycle industry, and when I see a Vespa coming into my shop with this technology installed in it, and the customer tells me how much money he paid to have a headlamp in his Vespa, right? Uh, Today I went out and started the bike up, and I was like, "This had better be the greatest light I've ever seen in a Vespa." It was absolutely in no way throwing more usable light on the ground that I could actually use to drive the bike in. But when I walked in front of the bike, it was absolutely blinding. So that whole idea of having a whole lot of lumens, but just being shot out in front of you, like the sound coming out of a trumpet, does us no goddamn good if it's not going on the road surface that I need to look at in front of me. And I'm sure this is a targeted, aimed very carefully. If you look at everything about this, they, they go to great trouble to tell you about the way that it services the ground in front of your motorcycle with different spots of light so that one light bulb can do the work of five or six other light bulbs. Very cool, but at nine hundred dollars for for those of you playing the home game, if, if you really want to look it up, the uh, JW eighty seven thirty, which is the I think the equivalent of this, or eighty seven hundred, uh, is about six hundred. So you still knock about one hundred fifty bucks off, but it's still not cheap. So the adaptive part of this too is like the new F one fifties. Adaptive, you don't have to really high beam, low beam. Also, as you're turning the corner, they have. Pez units in them that turn with you. Uh, oh. uh, as cars are coming down the road, there's a you know a cut line, so it's higher over here, but it goes down, so the other car don't see it. That adapts when there's no car coming; it'll open that up. Are those are mechanical inside. 
Yeah, they're like those are like screens. Uh, no, no, they're not screens. They're um, the LED is mounted on top of a heat sink, which is reflected out. Oh, but really? Those are PEZ units that okay. move. Ah. Know, independent PEZ units. Oh, really? Oh, that's they crazy. got little motors in them. Yeah. Like we have them testing all the time in the lab. You know, uh, you'll you'll run twenty thousand cycles, so they'll just sit in a corner and just move right. with a program. Yeah. And, and you know that's that's part of the testing. So the <laughs> actual the actual chip on the board mm-hmm. is moving. Well, the, or the yeah, board itself is the, moving. The whole the, the whole uh, mechanism. You, ah. It's essentially like a flashlight head yeah. is yeah. a PEZ unit, right? So, and that whole mechanism is you Jesus. is moving to adapt. So this makes sense. So um, one of the projects we're doing at Summit, I can't talk about, but we were at the SEMA garage for yeah, it, yeah. right? Yep. And so one of the besides these two dynos that are insane, like un, like they measure up to two hundred points of of data on these dynos. They have a room where they they leveled the entire room. It's a sixty by one hundred and twenty foot room that they had perfectly leveled the entire room. Morty, you can't handle how level this yeah, room no, is. Like yeah. you can you can put a marble anywhere in it, it doesn't right. move. It just sits there, yeah. nice. right? Um, but they do two things, and I guess I didn't get I didn't understand what they were talking about. But now that makes sense. So the first thing they do is all these automotive sensors that, like, stop the car and all this stuff and everything. Yeah. So they're testing, like, with trucks, um, because, like, a a lot of the EPA and everybody's trying to really crack down a lot of shit, and they're they're mad about lifted trucks and stuff, right? So they're they're saying, they were trying to come back and say that all these sensors don't work if you lift the truck because it's too high in the air. Well, they set this room up. Or if you lift the front of the truck but not the back of the truck, it just looks stupid. Well, yeah, that too. But they have like all these. Hey, your dog has worms. (laughs) So they have all these different sensors and they have these these different like printed things where they're like white and black wigglies and all this stuff that they can stick in different points in this perfectly level room to see if the sensors are going to, you know, see if they're working. And then when you lift the truck, is it still work in the same manner and all that? But then they also mentioned they had these other boards and these other sensors that they could test headlights for manufacturers to Mm. see if they're actually living up to the adaptive thing. But I didn't understand what the fuck the... I was like, adaptive, like, what do you mean? But now that makes sense, because I'm sure they can probably have those things on the corners and simulate the car turning to see if it actually is moving. I've had to stop... As much as I loved the idea of these really bright amber orange lights on the front of my Harley, I've I've readjusted them so many times that in order to get them to not blind oncoming traffic, they are aimed almost ridiculously down at the ground. Hmm. So to get this light to throw the light where I want it to be, it is down at an angle that is comical. When you look at my motorcycle and you look at where my uh, road lights are, they are pointed at such an angle, you would swear that I had hit something and broke my lamps. <laughs> but that puts the light, the hot spot of my light, where I really want the hot spot to be. That tells you about how a $60 set of eBay four-inch uh, lights can be wrong mm-hmm. and, and how super wrong they can be. And in my personal world, I had incandescent bulbs in there that Harley put in that actually put the light exactly where the light was supposed to be, and I took them out. <laughs> and I took them out, I removed them, and I installed um, LED better, lights. Better lights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so right now, I'm, I'm literally uh, I'm driving around, and anytime I throw that switch on, I know that the people who are coming at me are getting this very spicy, hot, orange light shined into their eye holes. Uh, and... They can't do. I can't live that way because I mean I don't want to be that person on my motorcycle. But more importantly, like 
I think that if I'm going to be bitching about the guy with the truck headlights that are fucked up or the guy with the aftermarket headlights that are burning my eyes, eye holes out, I don't want to be part of that problem, man, at all. I, I just, and that's why it's like my pipes on my Harley are Screaming Eagle pipes, but they are the Screaming Eagle neighborhood-friendly pipes, right? Like my, my motorcycle, when it started, it, it sounds like a Harley, but it doesn't sound like an asshole. Right, but you have right? that other Harley... And like you have all the points for your Screaming Eagle stuff. You have the mirrors and like 57 that, skulls that on the Springer, motor. Yeah. That Springer is offensive. That hits. Like, are you a real biker? You get like 110%. I, on that I think that <laughs> we said that the skulls, in our podcast, we said every skull on your motorcycle is one prison penis you want in your butt. <laughs> right? <laughs> think about it that way. It's fair, right? You have a prolapsed anus at this yeah, point. Yeah, <laughs> that, that Springer showed up after dunning, apparently doing five years of hard time. Yeah, it did. It earned so many skulls. And then and then it didn't want to look in the past anymore, so yeah. it got the mirrors. It got the it mirrors. Is. Right, yeah. yeah. What, what is the Instagram thing that keeps brother. going around? Brother. 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 Yeah, and that's, and that's <laughs> well, the same. You know, it's the, I'm <laughs> happy we got there first with the prison, prison penises. Yeah. Uh, because the brother thing is like, yeah. it's It's the joke where every time I fire up a Harley in the, in the shop, I run through the, run through the shop with it at, at full honk going, all right, come on, let's run some bootleg boner pills. The, uh, there is... <laughs> There is absolutely nothing wrong with being envious and hating the Harley Davidson accessory catalog. Oh, yeah, definitely. There is nothing wrong with it because it has gotten to be such a comic like expression can, of dude, ridiculousness. I was at work to his point and somebody sent me that. It was like all these dudes were doing were just trying to park on the side of the road, but they all had their like three piece leathers and their cuts oh, on yeah, it. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so the, the over thing was just like brother, 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 brother. And then, I don't know why, but it was so fucking funny that I'm laughing out loud. <laughs> so some other dudes from the desk come over and they have to watch it. Now they're oh, yeah. laughing out loud. Next thing you know, there's like 15 people standing around my desk laughing <laughs> South at the brother. nailed it with. <laughs> yeah. At the yeah. bathroom, at the urinal, yeah. and they're literally they 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 insist on revving and at at the urinal, yeah. And look, when I'm riding a Harley Davidson, I do my level best to not be that guy. I give the Elton John wave to everybody when I'm on my Road King. I wave at everyone. I'm super polite, super friendly to everyone. I go out of my fucking way to be. The guy who isn't that yeah, guy, right? dude. When Harley, yeah. when I first rode with Harley Bob, when we all went riding, right? Yeah, we were at a stoplight, and he and he just sat there, right? And I'm like, I didn't know they could do that. Like, I <laughs> thought they had to go like this. Like, or when when they're when they're tuned properly, or you leave them the fuck alone from the factory, you don't have to rev them to keep them idling. I <laughs> I argue that that no fuel injected Harley Davidson should ever be stroked. Oh no. no. That you should sit there at the light with that, your hands off the bars. That twelve, that stock, and just revel that in the stock awesomeness. Twelve hundred Sportster, because I always laughed and joked and pissed around. Yeah. I started that. Th- you would hit the button, it would start up. It was the quietest bike I'd ever. It was like, aren't you supposed to be obnoxious? And it's like, no, no, no I just started. I'm a twelve hundred cc Sportster, yeah. and I have benefited from one hundred and twenty three years of being on this planet. Yep. Right. <laughs> it literally, it literally did everything it was supposed to. It started up. It went I've, gear. I've had a hundred years to figure this shit out. I did not feel right. like going to a strip right. club and marrying somebody named no, Dina. Man, they're not bad bikes. They're good but you bikes. know what? 
I have a catalog full of shit that can ruin this. <laughs> I know. I, I have a catalog full I think of that's opportunities. The problem is, literally every Harley I've ever been in proximity of, some asshole got a hold of it and like $20,000 worth of accessories that fucked it up. Yeah, and that's the first one I've ever come across that nobody looked at it and went, you know what it needs? To suck. <laughs> the, uh, the, I have a Rika. I bought that Rika 1200 Sportster. And I love the aesthetic of it. I rode it the other day. It is arguably one of the world's worst torture racks I've ever ridden. Oh, so it's exactly like the XLCR on this copy mm, of. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. It's <laughs> it's it's awful. It is awful. I love the XLCR until you wrote it. And there's just a ter- there's just a terrible thing about it where you just go, hmm, okay, okay. And then I had to take a second. My wife always says these to me things to me like, "But Phil, what were you expecting?" Yeah. And I went, ah, oh, fuck, touche. What was I expecting? I was expecting a torture rack. Right. I was expecting a Harley Davidson My? Sportster Cafe Racer. Right. I wasn't expecting a Moto Guzzi V7, which is like, oh, nice yeah. and squishy and comfortable. And, and like every part of a Moto Guzzi V7 is like, yeah, let's do this. Let's go have some fun. <laughs> and you get anybody who's ever ridden uh, like a V7 in the past 20 years. You get on the motorcycle and you ride it, and you're like, huh, that's a really nice bike. It's, it's got some torque. It's cool. It's shaft drive. That's cool. It's really a fun bike. There's absolutely nothing to hate about this motorcycle. And then you get on. Wait, 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 wait. Some other. Wait. Yeah. Clutch pull. I still. No. No. <laughs> if you lube the fucking. If you lube the goddamn pivot, it'll be fine. Right? If you do maintenance on your Gucci, you'll be fine. But go back I, to scooters, dude. You don't have to pull a shift. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about CVTs these days. Yeah. CVTs. Yeah. Um, so we have a little bit of hate mail. DCT. I have some. Uh, I have some hate mail. Fine, I'll take it. All right, here we go. Okay, we got a, a podcast listener who says, "Hey guys, love the podcast. I'm Tom's ex coworker, which I believe qualifies me for the reparations level of Patreon." Uh. <laughs> Uh, not untrue. Uh, I'll leave my link to my Venmo. Yeah, that's right. He's at the negative $20 level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Um, he's already heard Tom's punchlines. Right. Yep. Yeah. All right. We have to pay him to keep we listening. To to him. <laughs> anyway, I recently sold some junk and ended up with an NC 700 X. Yeah, man. Yep. Six speed manual transmission. Yeah. Not an automatic, not yeah, a right, DCT. No. Yep. That's what I had. All right. That's exactly what you had. I get the privilege of working on everyone else's interesting bikes all week, so I've had my heart set on finding the most boring interstate-capable motorcycle available for my own weekend rides. You nailed it. <laughs> Job well done. And <laughs> you can check that Mission one off the list. Mission right. accomplished. We actually, we actually, I know exactly the, I know right. the whole story. All right. Yeah, yeah. He continues. He continues. Am I missing something? 55 horsepower, 64 pounds-feet of torques. At 4,700 RPM, run through a 270-degree crank, it actually makes for a really fun bike. Yeah, I loved it. It sounds great through the exhaust, too. It's at least on the same wavelength as everything else in its class. Is it just because the DC versions suck, or do you really need your Honda to rev to 18,000 RPM to still get hard? Harris from New Orleans. <laughs> no, you know what it is? It's a great bike, and I actually miss mine a little bit because it, it was the, the fuel, the mileage was great. It was yeah. a very comfortable ride. It, it did everything great. Right. 
But if you ride other motorcycles, if, if I, I think if the NC700X was your only bike, yeah. you'd probably grow to love it, get used to it. Your, your hand would know exactly what to do. But as somebody that has multiple bikes, I'd ride on the weekend on my Z900 or whatever I had at the time, you know, right. like, I was whatever. Yeah. And you're cranking and you're going to 10,000 RPMs and you're having a great time. And you jump on the bike to go to work on Monday and you fucking, you redline now, it every four seconds and it gets really annoying. Now to, now to put this into perspective... Harris is the guy that made my Thruxton not suck. He's the one that owned it before me. Okay. So yeah. he's the one to put the handlebars on it and straighten the ergonomics out so it actually ran right. All right. Yeah. And he's the guy that uh, my R1150GS, he's the one that went through it before I got it okay. to make sure everything was good. All right. Yeah. Um, so he's, and it, like his least favorite bike that he has owned, he, he constantly complains about it, was an FZ1 because it always makes your ass hurt because it's on fire. Well, it is. Yeah, they do have a hot seat. Yeah, yeah they do have a bit of a heat management issue. And yeah, he is literally the the. At twenty seven, he was the oldest person I'd ever met. Well, <laughs> he's literally the quintessential old man. Well, then he met his forever bike. He and, did meet no, his forever and, bike. And, <laughs> and, to, and to be honest, it is the silver and black one, just like that. Yeah, it's that's, a good looking bike. I oh, swear to God, I, admit, I really miss it. And, and the frunk is awesome. Yep, the and frunk we, is amazing. If I were still in New Orleans, we probably would have done a rock paper scissor over who got to earn who got to own that one. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because right. I, I know he got it from Felix. Felix, right. had, Felix had the Zebra KLR six fifty. It's a stereo. That actually is or was for sale. I don't know if it's still. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But it doesn't matter. Back to the NC seven hundred X ray. Yep, uh, that is one of those bikes where I've looked at it and gone, I should probably buy one because it is, it is the Mister Coffee of adventure bikes. Wow, man! Push, I mean, bu- push button, get coffee. It's so my real problem. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'll, I'll defend my original statement. The bike I hated was the CTX. Yeah. Which is this same bike, but in a cruiser. It's the same frame and everything else. It's just everything's lower, it's, right? Uh, it is a bike cursed by its appearance. But the this CTX, particular yeah. motor, and there's nothing. This bike isn't. This bike isn't hateable. It's not. Well, no, and and you're it, absolutely right. It, it has a frunk. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing automatically too. Makes it cool. Okay, so the gas tanks underneath the seat. Yep. The motor is laned so far forward yep. that the center of gravity is so low. Yep. That it's super comfortable on the highway, but it's also super fun and comfortable to throw through twisties okay. too. Yeah. My only complaint is that if I could have a complaint, yeah. is that they, if they really wanted to take this up a notch and have more people like it, the front forks need to be more than fucking like you know uh, XL two fifty from nineteen thirty seven. And that's the pro- that cheap. was the biggest problem with this series of bike is they made them out of as cheap materials. The, the CB three hundred uh, the. CBR 300, which we have kind of run over a couple times, mm-hmm. or the Rebel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They Honda has done this thing where they have gone to the bargain basement just trying to get accessories, but, you know, get the bike out the door. But here's the weird part. To this dude's point, yeah. so the, the CB500X, which is the baby, you know, yeah. t- uh, parallel twin of this, yeah. Yeah. it basically has the same performance as this, yeah. right? Yeah. It's maybe a little bit lighter, but people love that fucking bike because you can rev it to 10,000 RPMs. You're right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like it's, right. it's basically like the same miles per hour, the same size of a bike, the same. It looks the same. You can't even tell yeah. them the difference. Oh yeah, no. As soon as I saw it, it's the first CBX, the CB500X I saw, I was oh, did they? What do they do to that? Well, <laughs> yeah. now and then they bumped that. They bumped this to 750, and it still didn't yeah. change anything. And in Harris, and to Harris's point, uh, you know, he brings up some of the power numbers, yeah. and so I did want to take a look at that because I his numbers seemed a little uh, generous. So I did look at some dyno runs, 
And it turns out that it's not that powerful. We're talking about 42 Herspers and 35 Torques with an ECU mod, with a pretty substantial ECU mod. And so we're looking at, you know, 40, 40, 40 horsepower and 35 torques. Yeah, but with that six speed gearbox, it would do 85 all day long That's on the fucking right. highway. And, and I think that might be 60 miles to the gallon. Yeah. Too, yep. I think you're right. And I, I do, when I look at these things and I look at the RPMs that they're running uh, to get these numbers, they're pretty low. The, oh, yeah. the engine speed, the, the engine speed on these, they're making their maximum numbers at 6,000 RPM or lower. Yep. Right. No, I mean it's just, it's such because of that it's such a smooth ride. Right. Like you yeah. don't get tired, you don't you're, you don't oh, get yeah. wrist exhaustion, yeah. none of that shit. The only thing that sucks, I don't know if he's dealt with this or not yet, is you got to do the mods to get the seat level because that fucker slopes forward and your balls. Oh, just it's get a ball sl- pincher. Oh, all day long. Yeah. So well, you, you have to you have to get him back. Listen into that. You got to get a back the on the seat on the back. There's four rubber pads on the underneath of the seat. Mm-hmm. You got to get the rear ones and then replace the front ones with the rear ones, and it brings the front up like you know four millimeters or something okay. to level it out, and then it doesn't suck. And that's probably a lot better. And then I also I have, got a seat comfort seat that changed my whole life. Really, the seat comfort version of that for that bike is awesome. So that's a good thing for our listeners because these motorcycles are fucking cheap. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Four grand, three grand. When, all day long. When yeah. a couple of years ago, right before the uh, right before the pandemic, right before everything got crazy, mm-hmm. um, these and the CTX, you could buy off a Honda dealer for $2,700 on, on Cycle Trader. They were $2,700 Jesus brand new. Christ. And yeah, they were at that time, three, they, four years ago, because three, four years old, because nobody could, they could yeah, not get rid of they them. They couldn't get rid of them. And then the pandemic hit, you couldn't buy anything, right. and suddenly these things yeah. jacked back up to about 3500 I mean, I guess grand. when I bought mine, I got it at a fucking dealership, because yep. I walked in, and it was four grand because out the door. Our, um, at 132 since, miles. Uh, since, since Harris came up, Morgan, who used to work with us, had the CTX, mm-hmm. and he bought his, after his Vulcan blew up, after I told him, I said, just go buy a bike. He mm-hmm. bought the CTX yeah. and put. He's put forty thousand miles plus on it if he still got yep. it. Yep. And I've got customers that have crazy and high miles on a CTX seven hundred. He, he paid. I think he financed at forty five hundred, and that was when they were almost brand new. Yep. And it kind of so, reminds me of the old PC eight PC eight hundred. You know what I mean? Yep. Like the same kind of Tupperware look. Oh to yeah. It. And I I did. I thought that the Honda Deauville, right the. And the Honda Deauville and the Honda NC 700X, that's that kind of an idea. It's a commuter bike. It's its absolutely meant yeah. to be just go to work on the fucking got, thing. What is the NT 700V, which is, yeah. the, which is the same the bike Deauville. with plastic, the plastic yeah. side panels and yeah. everything you'll build in? That's more, of the, that's more of the Pacific Coast. Yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. Uh, so, But that's the thing that I'm glad he brought it up. <laughs> Because he's he's busting our balls because oh, yeah. we've all we've all attacked this bike. I mean, yeah. every single one of us has attacked this fucking bike. But the one thing that's absolutely true is that right now on Facebook Marketplace here in town, yeah. right? So here in town, there's a fifteen hundred dollar NCX, NC seven hundred. Where's that? Right in Hanover, PA. Yeah, wherever that is. There's a twenty five hundred dollar one in Stupidville. I mean, Steubenville. Well, even, okay, so having, I think even the silver one that, that Harris bought, ended up with, was, right. was uh, lightly crashed damage. Sure, yeah. And the problem is there are more plastics to that bike than you think there yes. are. Yes, oh, yeah. I agree it's, with that. It's sandwich, sandwich on top of sandwich on top of sandwich. Everything oh, yeah. from the top of your boots, where yeah. that frame rail is, because yeah. that's that Honda weird drop frame. Everything from the top of your boot 
up is plastic. And it's oh, yeah. not just that. It's right. triple layered plastic. Yeah. So it is, yeah. you have to take it's one panel off expensive. to get to the other panel That's below right. it and the one back around the side. But and when I see a lot of examples for this thing for in today's market for under three grand. Yeah. Uh, everywhere. I mean, they're, they're just, they're all over oh, the yeah. goddamn place. And, and here's another pro tip for you. Yeah. If you're really not planning on taking it off road, which you probably shouldn't, I don't you think you should are, take this bike off road. Don't buy the skid plate, some fucking skid plate, because it covers the oil thing, and then you have to take the whole skid plate off every time you want to change oil, and it's a pain in the ass. Okay, there is a um, talking about the Dullville. There is a NT seven hundred V, and this oh, is yeah. a bike that predates that. This two thousand ten V twin uh, seven seven hundred motor that was actually very much the same motor that was in the Africa Twin. Uh, oh, the original, and yeah. the Transalp, and all that stuff, right? I've owned one of these, and this has got the big side boxes. You open the side box up, and there's a pass-through. Mm. So you open the right box up, you open up the left box, and you can shoot an otter through the <laughs> middle of the two boxes. Uh, so you could put like a 24-inch uh, sub across the sideways, across the back of your motorcycle. Oh, that's awesome. And I had one of these because I've always wanted one because it's that one of those things is like they didn't sell well here in America. But every dispatch rider in London's got one of these fucking things with yeah. you know two hundred thousand miles. Well, look on at the it. wind protection; it has that like BMW oh, yeah. suck oh, your leg in. And- I'm not joking. This is one of my favorite motorcycles. This motorcycle made me give up on PC 800s. <laughs> uh, as as fucking fanboy PC 800 yeah. fanboy as I was, you guys all were back in. The I day. know you and Hoff, yeah. everybody. This particular motorcycle, the NT 700 V, or as they call the Doville. Boy, in that was England, handsome up front, wasn't it? Where we had all the PC 800s. <laughs> like it was <laughs> like a low budget police department all yeah, showed yeah. up in our shop. They, they really handsomed up the front of. That oh, the front of this thing yeah, is thing. an excellent. Exercise in ugly. Yeah. Yeah. This motorcycle has it looks zero like, curb it looks appeal. Like, it looks like the fucking monster from Stranger Things is just starting to open its fucking it does, thing, the uh, flaps. Yeah, the Demogorgon or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not, this is not a handsome motorcycle uh, from the front, right? But I can tell you, as far as like having a fuel-injected motorcycle that you can just put shit tons of miles on, this is a good bike. Yeah. This is a good bike. And it does give you, whereas the the NC 700 gives you absolutely no like, yeah. Right. I have this. This V twin 700 will give you wheelies. Nice. It'll give you the feelies and the feely parts of your body. It does make up for it. Now it's not going to give you that same like you know, recalculus. You know, I'm going to get 70 miles per gallon on this thing. Right. Because it's not a little diesel engine. Uh, this is actually a, a V twin motorcycle engine that Honda used in the GC GT 650 Hawk. Like, this motor's been around, right? right? But it also, boy, you're right. The front of this thing is just irretrievably <laughs> ugly. Hey, you mentioned wheelies, so that just, you know, that's what happens. Now you got to get a story. So this weekend I went on on uh, Cliff's uh, fall foliage ride. Oh, you, the fall foliage ride. Yeah, the fall foliage, however you say it. And so <laughs> B, 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 she went riding with me a couple weeks ago, and she's like, I want to go with you. And I was like, okay, it's going to yeah, be cold, beast. whatever. Yeah. So she, right. we got all, we went there. So we leave, and we're going down Foster, and we're heading about two miles away from my road, and there's this dude doing 35 all the way right. down the road. I'm with my daughter. I'm being cool, so I just wait, and I'm behind right. him. And, you know, the yeah. road's 55, so we're, right. I mean, it's, we're going really slow. So when we get to this, I waited because I knew a stop sign was coming up. I figured when we get to the stop sign, he'll pull out. I'll go around him at that yeah. point, and then we'll just head down the road. Yeah. When I did that, this guy took offense to that, and he tried to run me off the road. <gasps> nope. And so I nailed it in second gear, completely forgetting that I had 85 extra pounds on the back. Ah! <laughs> 
<laughs> and so I immediately on the Africa twin. Okay. So yeah. I immediately go into a nice two foot wheelie as I pass this guy with B on the back, and we have the I have those little uh, you know the eBay whatever the communicators. The communicators, yeah. She's like, wow, and I was like, yeah. She goes, Dad, did we just do a wheelie? And I go, I didn't mean to, but yeah, we did. She we goes, totally did. Okay, and I'm like, next thing, and she's like, what? I'm like, you cannot tell your mother. <laughs> And she's like, okay, okay. So <laughs> we go on the rest of the ride uneventfully. Everything's fine. I ride like a human being, realizing right. that I have my daughter. With you have me. your daughter on the back of the bike. Yeah. So we get home, and she walks in the door. Mom, what? My wife goes, did you have fun? Yeah, we had fun, and Dad did a giant wheelie. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, God damn it. Fucking hell. But she loves it. And then she goes, if you're trying to get me addicted to motorcycles, it's working. Really? <laughs> yeah. She told you that? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I was, very I, I, was looking, I was looking up stuff, and I thought I'd finally found an NM4 for sale. No. You'll yep. never find an NM4 for sale. The was knocked off of it. I was like, oh! You will never find an NM4 for sale. And <laughs> I'm still at that point where, like, I'm looking for the right Morphus. <laughs> oh, there geez. will be a Yamaha Morphus in my life, and there will be an NM4 oh, in my life. Oh, man, I know. And those are going to be two of those bikes where you're like, Why'd you buy it? Oh, because it's dumb. Yeah. yeah. And at least I would like to try to ride a Morphus. Those, those, those do seem kind of curious. The Morphus is nice. It literally is like, like uh, one of the guys was Just actually worked at the old man of the shop, actually had one, and he actually had Cadillac emblems all over yes. it because it looks like a Cadillac I CTX. I agree. That's the one thing I love about Hoff and his little fucking weird scooter thing. The, uh, he has the BMW things on the old Honda. He's he got a Helix yeah. with BMW badging. And everybody asked, what model is it? It was brilliant. Everybody yeah. would ask him what model yeah. BMW that's, that, that was. That's, and, and the bigger question is, if you get an NM4, in- are you going to leave it Batman black, or are you going to oh. go with the red? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I got to say, at this point in my life, my likelihood of getting an NM4 is pretty minimal. Yeah. Right? They're, they're yeah. not, they're not well, they're, fucking easy to get. You can't find one. Like I said, yeah. I just found one and the front end's ripped off. I'm like, yeah. well, you can't fix it. Yeah. <laughs> so we had a person call our shop years ago and said, hi, I'm representing a buyer in Seattle. And I said, okay. And there's a motorcycle in Cleveland that they would like you to go and uh, ascertain and take a look at. I said, okay, great. And they, I said, you know, What's the deal? Well, we're going to pay you whatever you charge us. I need you to go and inspect this vehicle for fitness and everything. I was like, oh, okay, I don't care. And I said, what's the bike? And they said, it's a Honda NM4. Oh. And I was like, it's already gone. <laughs> and the guy was like, what do you mean? I was like, it's a fucking NM4. Yeah, you're, it's you're, already you're, gone. It's gone. It was gone before it got listed. Yeah. And the guy was kind of like, no, you know, that's, that's, that's not nope. the case. I'm sure that's not the deal. Oh, no. And I said, no, no, trust me, it's, it's fucking gone. And so I said, give me the contact information. I will go through the machinations. I just, whatever. And so I called the listing and the guy picked up the phone and said, it's gone. (laughs) So the guy had so much traffic on his fucking listing that he just answered the phone by saying, it's It's gone. gone. So what's the deal with this thing? So like they didn't sell well or something, so they didn't make a lot of them? for one year. It's one year and one year only. It is Batman Scooter, a.k.a. Batman's Motorcycle. It's the NM4. That's what it is. If you want to be cool, you call it the Voltus. Mm. Okay? But the thing about it is, it's sizing. Its proportions are all fucked up. So you you see the back of it there. Those are actual saddlebags. Mm -hmm. And when you open the saddlebags, you can fit one ham and cheese sandwich in each saddlebag. (laughs) I'm not joking when I tell you the saddlebags are obscenely small. They shouldn't even be on the bike. I have a feeling that this was Honda's test for the Honda CTX 1300. 
So had they actually built this 400cc motorcycle and they kept everything about this but put it onto the 1300cc platform, it would have been amazing. It would have been like the Moto Guzzi 21 Flying Fortress, the MGX 21 Flying Fortress. Mm. It would have been a tour de force of like, we gave the design department full reign we took off all the limits, handed them cocaine, and walked away and said, as long as it's black, we're okay. Yep. Right? I mean, the thing does look comfortable as shit. It looks fun. I have ridden one of them. Yeah. One. And it was a bike we were doing service for, for a guy on the east side. And when he, when he called me and he says, hey, I got a bike nobody will work on. And I was like, I'll be the judge of that. Right? And, uh, <laughs> and he brought it in. And I said, the Honda dealer that sold it to you won't work on it. And he says, no. They won't work on it. And this, mind you, this bike is uh, 2015, 2018, 2015. So when he brought the bike in, the bike was only three years old. Wow. And the Honda dealer wouldn't work on it. And I said, why won't they work on it? And he says, plastic. They will not take off the plastic. Yep. They're scared that if they take the plastic off, it's, they're going to break it. It's, oh, it's, it's unobtainium. Yeah, it's pretty much unobtainium. And it's unobtainium. Yeah, that's what and I said. I found one with the front end knocked off of it. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? It's Now it <laughs> just looks like a reflex. fucking cardboard yeah, right. and fucking... Uh, <laughs> right, yeah. Cardboard and spackle. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking punch that to, bitch together. <laughs> you'd have to ship the whole thing from, from Japan just to get the whole front end back. Right. And when I... Didn't I said, make it back the way it was. That's the point. You don't even try to make it back to the way no. it was. So what I learned on it, though, was John that... Mecklefresh's airplane nose would be getting grafted on there. It would, yeah. yeah. It, absolutely. What I realized when the bike showed up and what bothered me is that every photograph I have ever seen of this motorcycle is with a person who's five foot four and 117 pounds yeah. on it. So that when my human body that is not five foot four and seven, 117 pounds got on it... Um, I did not make the bike look cool. It looked like that. It looked like I was borrowing a child's Power Wheels toy. <laughs> and I couldn't live like that. I just, I was like, oh man, but I still love it. I still think it's great looking. I think it's a great exercise in like motorcycle was bonkers it, mentality. Is it a CBT or is it geared? Or it is a DCT. DCT oh. chain drive. And if you look very closely at all the running gear, it is the cheapest shit you're ever going to see in your pl- life. It's, like the sprockets look like China, the chain looks like China, the swing arm looks like China. A, basically, a stretched out CTX underneath. It, it is, yeah. yeah, it is. It's a really, really cheap bike yeah. that cost them a lot of money to prove they could build it. Yeah, and I've never seen one in the wild. Uh, well, you can tell they had some kind of budget because. If you're building a bike like that, why mm. wouldn't you do that fucking knuckle steering thing? You know what I mean? Like center hub steering yeah, thing. Like hub yeah. Steer, yeah, right. you're right. You're right. I th- yeah, there's definitely it's definitely one of those motorcycles that would I own one just because? Yeah, I totally would. Yeah, yeah would. I would own one just because. Uh, I would you own one just because it's a freak show bike. And it looks stout enough that it'd probably fit in one of your hearses. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it now. It looks like a, a better. Windjammer fairing. Oh, you're right. Modern version. Yeah, this yeah. looks like Akira meets Vetter. Well, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. This bike looks like Akira meets Vetter. <laughs> yeah, there is yeah. no, there is nothing about this I, bike. I, I, I found, I have found two other. Actually, there's a third one on cycle. There's one on cycle trader for sale right now for sixty seven hundred. Yeah, but yeah. I found one in Pensacola when I was still in New Orleans. 
that the wiring harness had burned out of, mm-hmm. and the guy still wanted four grand for it. Yeah. And I act, and it was like a four grand or trade deal, and I kind of looked really hard at it. Yeah, it's, and I I couldn't do it. It's such a weird bike, man. Oh yeah, it is such a fucking weird bike, and I don't think you know anybody in their common era, anybody recently has has managed to to do that. Right, has managed to pull off just a fuck you bike. There's a there's a victory that runs around. Yeah, the, well, the victory very, vision. Yeah, is, the victory yeah. vision is is yeah. very close. Well, we your buddy has our one buddy Dell has a victory yeah. vision. We all ride with Dell and love yeah. Dell a whole lot. That's his second. That's kind vision. of a, yeah. on the same line of why would you build this thing? But you can. Yep. So. It's bonkers. And then the um the Honda because you brought up the CTX 1300, which I've actually been staring really hard at. Mm. But the VFR 1200X, I think, has this really tall. Oh, that's a great bearings. bike. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's a big, heavy pig, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. It did yeah. not do well. Yeah, that, they, they touted it as an adventure bike. And I'm like, who? Do, you got to be Arnold. <laughs> they, sold Look, they sold the hell out of those in England. Oh, yeah. There is a massive, I call them Interceptor X. Yeah, you know? yeah but that's a, because they, they ride year-round over there, and yeah. that thing's a fucking beat. You're just hiding oh, yeah. behind a shield. First, of, first time I rode one, I was like, nope, this is it. This is the bike I want. And then I realized they were, not one, not cheap. They're no. not cheap. And, no, no. and two, kind of almost like the NM4, you know, where you can't really find one. But you know what pisses me off is that they they used the BMW-style spokes for the tubeless tires on that motherfucker, but they didn't do it on my Africa Twin. I know. It's like, why wouldn't they fucking <laughs> just port that shit over, man? Like, you already have it made. You don't have to tool. You don't have to do anything. Just fucking see, give us those wheels. Every time I see one of those, I look at it, and I'm like, you know what? That, that ca- It reminds me of the Modus. If you've mm-hmm. ever seen the Modus The Modus V8 motorcycle... The Modus, uh, was that a V4? That's I think a V4. it was a V4. It's a V4. So the Modus V4 is the same similar conv- configuration. It's it's a V4 sideways across the rails like a Gucci with two extra yeah. cylinders. And it's got a little bit of a cant forward to it. And uh, the Modus is an American-made motorcycle. Yeah. And it's just probably a fantastic, absolutely fantastic motorcycle. Probably incredibly well-built, but very, very expensive. Yeah. And then the people that own them found themselves in a worst case scenario of the company evaporated and you now own one of the most exotic, cool motorcycles ever. With no parts. But kind of at this point. You're kind of on your own. You're on your own. You know what they did right on that bike is they made the valve cover red. That just made it way cooler. Uh, Gucci did the same thing with the MGX 21. You're not going to say. (laughs) As much as the first time I saw pictures of it at the Eichma show, and it didn't have the red valve covers. I was like, oh, that's cool. That's that's a cool bike. And then I saw the next picture had red valve covers. I was like, like, no, I was like, you bitch. Fuck you. Put lipstick on that thing. (laughs) No, that's the best, man. Give me some red valve covers. No, and every customer I sold a Cali 1400 to was like, give me the red valve covers. Give me the red valve. You never tried to get red Cali. You've got a Cali. What do I look like? Exactly. <laughs> you you never once. Chris is the only person I know that owns a fourteen hundred and wasn't like, yeah, give well, me the MGX treatment. When you got a face like this, you need flashy stuff oh, to take that the, the, the stuff away from people <laughs> looking at you. Man. I love the MGX twenty one. I do, but I don't think I want to own one. Yeah. Right? I don't think I want to be the guy who has to take care of that. That bike's kind of cool though. Man. See, know. this is my problem though: is the V the CTX thirteen hundred. It, it screams to me, hey, what if an ST1100 and an ST1300 had a brother that wanted to be a cruiser? Well, not only that, but you remember when we did the yeah. ugliest bikes yes. today? <laughs> what was that one bike that kind of looked like this? It had like the big snout. You know what I'm talking about? The, and the bimotor, or not the bimotor, but was it a bimotor? 
Well, Bimoto's got some ugly stuff. Well, they do yeah. have some ugly stuff. Well, but see, this actually still carries over the CTX 700 it front does. fairing it off, the, uh, off yeah. the one that looks like the NV. Because yeah. um, the CTX yeah. had an ugly ass fairing. It did have an ugly ass fairing. If you didn't get the standard. Right. Yeah. So it, it kind of. Uh, you get the deluxe. And that's more of. That's, yeah. See, that's more VFR. The yeah, deluxe the is more VFR, more gold wingy. It's, it's more. You can kind of live with it a little bit. Yeah. But it is one of those things where. And again, everybody I've ever talked to who owns this bike absolutely loves it. Oh, yeah. Everybody who has this bike and thinks I, it's and the I greatest thing in the world. I constantly look at the gold wing and go, I, I'm not owning a gold wing. I don't. I've had an option of owning a Valkyrie and went, no. Mm-hmm. But every time I see one of these, I'm like, I could do that. Uh, yeah, but could you fit your Tom's 10 Apocalypse on the back to take places and stuff? That'd be the problem. <laughs> uh, my problem is the new Goldwing that, that is the... Uh, is this the one with the airbag? Uh, yeah, the ass bag. Yeah. Uh, my problem is the new Goldwing that, I, that they're bringing out for 2024 is kind of throwing a wrench. I've been looking for an F6B that's in my you know affordable sub $10,000 price point. And uh, because I like the aesthetic of the F6B because it's not a Goldwing. And now the new Goldwing for 2024... That's sexy. ...kind of <laughs> looks like an F6B. Yeah, so that thing's fucked. Honda's kind of said, hey, remember your grandpa's Goldwing? Uh, we totally <laughs> forgot about that bitch. Yeah, uh, that looks nice. That kind of looks good. <laughs> that looks real good, dude. And I don't know whether it's that they put invisibility paint all over it or what, but that's kind of a good It almost sense. looks serviceable too. Once they once they put chrome on the wheels and put that goofy front cover over the over the discs right, and put right, like right. twenty seven hundred pounds of lights on it and a shriner lights and, and stuff all over the side of it and put a trailer on the back of it. But do you think it'll look just like any other Goldwing ever? But but those dudes are almost dead. <laughs> yeah, that's thank you. You're right. <laughs> like, then who's not, gonna buy Goldwing? Dude, because right. listen, I'm okay, I'm fifty two, I'm starting to eyeball Goldwings. Right? Yes, you are. I oh. have no intention of ever wrapping it in fucking truck lights <laughs> exactly color, right so yeah. those, those guys are done and, and again the, the the senior citizen's home yeah that my grandmother was in <laughs> was awful it yeah. was old people jail yeah the one that my mom went into was okay yeah the one that chris is going to go into next year is pretty good <laughs> i got a tip for you <laughs> so the cost of the cost of senior care is getting so high yeah that smart kids... It's easier to live on a cruise ship. They're right. putting them on cruise yeah. ships. Right. Repeat cruise yeah. ships. Just line them up, man. <laughs> line them get up. Get off Disney. Get on Princess of the Seas. That's what it is. Leon What's that? You don't know the reference? Leon I have Klinghoffer. no idea. Tell me. He was the one that was shoved overboard in his wheelchair by the uh, Palestinians about 50 years ago. What? Yeah, they referred to it as Meals on Wheels. Oh, oh. Jesus Christ! The uh, I do think that by the time Renee's going to be in, I'm going to have to pay a higher Patreon because I, think, I didn't get that joke. I, didn't get the joke. <laughs> I know. And, uh, Tom, Tom's what the fuck? The ten dollar level. It was old Tommy stuff. It was information that you need to know from 50 years ago. I That's know. Totally up and your I'm alley, like, what dude? are you talking about? I thought that was the secret to like uh, when they killed Archduke Ferdinand that started World War One. Well, yeah. The, uh, but. I mean, I was going to go with Norwegian Norwegian Cruise Lines. Has. If that's what if that's what getting into my if that's what get in, means getting into my scene, my sick bed. If that's getting into my senior years, 
And I've always said I'm not old enough for Goldwing. Do do they sell a Voyager kit for it? No. Do they have little <laughs> wheels that pop out of the things that, that hold what you I was up talking at the about here, The Voyager kit. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't know. Can't tell you. Sexy bike. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Don't know. Can't tell you. And and here's one thing that I've had to reluctantly admit since the 1500 series of the Goldwing was launched many many years ago, or the 1800. Sorry. This can be a very fast motorcycle. Oh yeah. Well, it's got a 2.4-liter car motor, and of course it's going to be fast. This can be a very, very fast motorcycle. And smoothly fast. I have ridden those motorcycles my, it's, at it's got full the same, chat. It's got the same engine in it my Honda Element has. It. And, and they no, can handle... No, it doesn't, Tom. I it has bigger. far more power than your Honda And Honda. they can handle like a motherfucker. There's nothing worse than being on a fucking Z900 on the 555 triple nickel trying to lay into it, yeah. and a dude on a Goldwing with his wife on the back with no <laughs> helmets, and she has a cocktail, passes you on a turn, and you're like, Jesus fucking Christ. Bitch can turn. And the yeah. only reason he doesn't wave is because he's got his hand in the toaster oven. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. No, the guy was smoking a cigarette, no helmet, <laughs> fucking scraping pegs with his wife fucking drinking on the back of the bike. This is less interstate and more F6B. Yeah. And I approve of that. Yeah. Are they going with the LED dash on this like they did the new Harleys? I don't know. Oh, the FT. Yeah, I'm sure I they don't did. Know. Well, the I last Goldwing had a big FTS. Well, the, what is oh, it? Yeah, TFT? Yeah. TFT. Yeah. TFT. Yeah, whatever. TFT yeah, fucking, yeah. Yeah. TFT display. It's, no, it's got a full on television. It, that it TV, probably does. That Roku TV right there is just built into the it's dash. Just in the dash. It's <laughs> exactly what it is. <laughs> the uh, I, I don't hate any part of this. Eh. There is not a single part of this motorcycle that I despise. Um, it actually looks okay in whatever this black green livery is. Dude, I'm putting together how much shit I can sell to go buy one of these. Oh, no, 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 like, oh. no, no, no. Remember, remember, Steve. Yeah. I'm 54. Yeah. This motorcycle has to be attractively priced by the time I'm 64. That's true. So this bike has 10 years of depreciation. Uh, just like the F6Bs I'm looking at now have experienced 10 years of depreciation. Right, yeah. right, right, right. So I'll buy an F6B now. Oh, good point. And yeah, I'll get a yellow one of those right. F6Bs because I'm still young and sporty. <laughs> and then I can get one of these in 10 years. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. the move. So I can go from a I'm a bagger bike into the well, I've admitted that I'm a You know what, though? We should start that trend. We should <laughs> we should get some older gold wings, but then totally paint them like all the bagger dudes, like you know, like fluorescent green with the checkers and fucking crazy shit all over them. Man, figure out how green. to put a thirty six inch front wheel on it. Come on, let's dude. not do that. Yeah, let's not. Do I, that. I I I actually approve of the guy that uses them for off the off roading gold wing and guy. dual yeah. sporting right. primarily yeah. because he destroys them. And yeah. the fewer gold wings there are on the road, the, but the happier everybody else is. Did you see be. when he put the paddle tire on the back and <laughs> went up the fucking mountain? Yeah. In front oh, yeah. of everybody? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. I, again, good. Yeah. 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 That, that speaks to my statement that every bike is an adventure bike. Yeah. Yep. You just if you're adventurous. You got to adventure hard. Well, if I just like the fact that some other younger dude's doing a lot of dumb shit and oh, I don't yeah. have to. Takes all the pressure off <laughs> yeah. of us. Yeah. Absolutely takes all the pressure off of us. There is no reason that we need to feel and go out and set the world on fire. Pete from Nokomoto. Uh, let the young kids have it. Let them, let them fuck around. That's Pete's identity. Dude, when you show up with your dad and your, your Pete's dad yes. is, like, is like a soccer dad cheering his son for the major goal. He's like... 
Yeah, Bullock, take the tape off and show your willy, mate. <laughs> I was like, fucking, I like this guy. I have feeling stick, stick more Roman candles on your nipples. It's yeah. never anything you're really going to hear from a dad until you yeah. get to this point. Son, if I've taught you one thing, it's to never go half-ass. <laughs> go in all the way. <laughs> I, I feel like, I have a feeling that his dad's apologized for him a lot. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, oh, yeah. yeah well, you know what happened, happened, though? At one point, his right. dad and just embraced it. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. was like, right. fuck, this is fun. Right. <laughs> gotta, at, at some point, you just either have to accept it or disown it. But it made yeah. life pretty easy on Swiggy, though. Yeah. He because, just gets, like, yeah, that's my brother. That's cool, man. That's great. That's cool. Hey, watch yeah. this. <laughs> just, that's cool. Just just hang tight. He'll spool up any moment now. Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh. Yeah. That's going to be great. That guy is a fucking machine, man. That dude yeah. is a machine. Yes, he is. He is a party from the second he shows up, and he is taking no prisoners. No. That guy just wants to go, 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 He has go, no go, remorse go. either, which is exactly no, what No, I, I think it, that, is, that is mid-Ohio approved right there. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly yeah. it. The patron saint of mid-Ohio, the yeah. second he shows up. And because you're like, two... He still buys stuff. He still sells stuff. He's still in the game. He's still there to do the mid-Ohio shit. Yeah. But he's also like, okay, man, here's the next thing we're going to do. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, man. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Have a chair, dude. Have a chair. Yeah. No, no, he just wants to go, go. He drove a long way, and he's going to mid-Ohio the fuck out of it. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't care if it takes him two months to recover. He's fine with that. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, he's got no, all No, I time. honestly didn't think about that. Yeah, he, I didn't think about that. Because there's no way I could in. drive home. I'd have to live there for a week. Well, he's got two helpers. <laughs> that's true, too. Yeah. yeah, I think I might have to live there for a little while. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a, that's a freaky, that, that's a freaky fun thing. So, uh, I, I did want to bring one thing up just because we are a motorcycle podcast and I feel it's important to talk about things. I think things. we've been doing pretty good today. We've, with feel like we've covered, we've covered yeah. some motorcycles this round yeah, uh, and some obscure Honda at that. So I saw Chris Smith giving us the stink eye, so we were talking about a lot of motorcycles. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, brought, we even brought up Hondas and Moto Guzzis. We did bring up Hondas yeah. and Moto Guzzis. Uh, I... Going into the winter and season BMW. as we are here, we are getting into my... We are at the point where I am at my favorite motorcycle riding time of the year. This is my oh, yeah. absolute favorite time. And I've done more gratuitous motorcycle riding, like get home from work and be like, ah, garage, bike, now. And I've been taking out bikes that I own <clears throat> that are firing their first shots of anger yeah. this month. Nice. And I'm going to like, I think I'm just going to have, have a division of my garage just called the October series <laughs> of just motorcycles that have the best of intentions. And I do the maintenance and I keep them running and I have them standing by, but they only seem to manage to get out of the garage in October. Mm. And that's the point now when our shop slows down is the point where I'm like, y'all motherfuckers need to be out riding. Like, yeah. This mm. is the time. Yeah. The road isn't covered in weird grit, sleet, salt shit yet. The leaves haven't fallen down yet and gotten wet and slippery. Gotta watch out for the clibbins. The clibbins, man. <laughs> They'll get you. Well, I mean, you guys had, went on, you guys went on the, the fall to, colors ride the other day, and it's not colored yet. No, it wasn't, it wasn't that colored, yeah. Right. There's some stuff. And like I drove through New York the other day and stuff, and it was like one or two, color, one or two trees activated, uh, even getting up, you know, north of buffalo and stuff the, the colors weren't really out yet and this is getting into it we're, we're just now starting to make that yeah. turn and it's so good because like you can layer up properly 
if you have gear and stuff, it's actually refreshing. You're not cold, but no. like the the air coming in underneath yeah. your helmet is just enough to be brisk, and it yeah. makes you kind of more aware yeah. and stuff. Oh, it's a great time to ride, man. It, it is a perfect time to ride motorcycles because you do you get that like oh this is it this is what it's all about i I switched to my uh i switched my slightly more enclosed jacket there you go (laughs) (laughs) i the other day i was like i left i left here last week and the day was beautiful so i was wearing this leather you know perf jacket and i was wearing the perf jacket and i stopped at the shop and i put a, a good hoodie under the perf jacket and once i got right by the lake the hoodie was like Hey, Dick, that's a perf jacket. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just a fucking hoodie, man. Give me a shot. And I got home and I was like, eh, fucking proper cold, right? Because yeah. it, you know, 48 or something, well, 50 yeah, degrees. Yeah, I dipped down to the 40s. Yeah, and I jumped into bed with my wife. And at our house, we're playing uh, thermostat chicken right now. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've woken up the other morning and it, it was 61 degrees in the house. And we have a very old house, right? It's an old house. We got good, decent windows in it. So the lowest we've gotten yet in my house is 61 degrees. And my wife wakes up at 4 o'clock in the morning. That's 4 a.m. Eastern. And she wakes up at 4, and she'll move around and make noises and stuff. And I'll be, hey, baby, what's going on? And she goes, didn't turn the heat on last night, did you? I'm like, no, I, I got both cats last night. So I had both cats and a blanket. I'm, I'm doing okay. And she says, yeah. She goes, um, it's pretty cold out there. And I was like, Go ahead and turn it on. She won't. She will not. Uh, she will not be the one to turn that thermostat on. Uh, well, that's that's why last week when that that furnace kicked, it is right yeah. there to your it's right hand. Right it right is right, it is right. a foot and a half away from you. It kicked on. I went. I had that thing set at fifty five. <laughs> I had it set at fifty five. I had it, it below sixty, below sixty, yeah. and it kicked. We're sitting here and it kicked on. I went. It, no. Oh man. I but <laughs> in the mornings now. Oh yeah. There's two phases. There's I'm not getting out of this bed. And then at the certain moment, it's like, I'm getting out of this bed and I have exactly 35 seconds to get fully dressed before hypothermia sets in. Yeah. And that's the goal. And I went out and jumped on a motorcycle the other morning. I made it 10 minutes from my house. And I was like, this is it. This is the moment. I fucking love it. That is a magic thing between like 50 degrees Fahrenheit and like 65 degrees Fahrenheit. It's just the best fucking time to ride a motorcycle. For 20 years, I have ridden, it has either been 110 degrees. God, no. In a monsoon. Awful. Or... 45 degrees. And in New yeah. Orleans, 45 degrees is like 27 degrees. Yeah, I want any part of it. So you literally have like this much window. <laughs> Man, I, motorcycles run better at 65 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. They yeah. run better at 50 to 65 degrees. They just run better. Everything clicks. Everything yeah. works better. It's a, a absolutely rewarding thing. And Cleveland starts to smell really good. <laughs> like October 1. Well, the leaves are turning. Oh, I thought you meant all the pumpkin no, no. spice floating to the air. Ah! <laughs> well, no, no, that's the contrast to everything I've ever heard my entire life about, you know, the industrial city of Cleveland, which it's not. No, it's not. not. anymore. No, it's not. Yeah, right. No, you could drive through Cleveland with your windows open. Oh, yeah. Your white t-shirt won't even get yeah. dark, dark at all. It's, it's totally fine. <laughs> no, but it was, though. My grandfather used to live on Washington Park, and yeah. his house would have an eighth inch of, like, soot in it so, at yeah. all yeah. times. Yeah. Absolutely. It's... Totally a different experience. It's absolutely a different experience. The other day, we had a little bit of sunshine for a while, and I was like, for the hell of it, just for the fuck of it, I'm going to run down and jump in the lake, because the lake's not far from my house. 
I was like, I'm going to run down. I was just ball sweating, working in the yard. I'm just going to run down and jump in a lake just for the hell of it. That's a bad idea. And I walked out. I went down the lake, and I was like, mm, let me test it first. It's not that warm. It, it, it got a little chilly. It, it did not stay. Oh, we have visitor. Uh-oh. Bump, 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 bump. Hey, hey, it's John Mecklefresh. Woo-hoo. That's great. Look at that. That was totally worth it. God damn it, I stretched it out as long as I could for you, John. Thank you. Amen, brother. And it's a whole three inches. It is a whole three inches. I stretched it out twice. Okay, now you know the whole thing we all want to know about is you're selling Steve's Africa Twin. Okay, that's one of them. That's one of them. And the other one you're selling is the monkey. It's, I think, already sold. Would you like to touch my monkey? It's been touched. Well, who, who, so who has been fondling this it? This is the the mystery is who bought the monkey? Because you said you it was somebody. You don't know? No. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you. You better tell us. Well, okay, Nick said it's not him. It's not me. It's not you. It's Kevin not Kevin Rosman so. said he didn't buy it. Kevin said no. Tom said no. Smith did not say anything yet. I thought Smith already had a monkey. Or no, Chris had half a monkey. He has half a monkey, but I don't think the guy lets him touch the monkey. Oh. Shock the monkey? <laughs> Chris, did you buy a monkey so you could have a monkey all to yourself? Yes. Ah! History so Nice job. Chris bought a full-blown monkey. I wasn't going to steal your thunder. That's awesome, man. That's so cool. That's why he's been sitting here all quiet, shifting. And he's no longer a part-time monkey master. the cat that ate the mouse. Oh, it was hilarious. Just reading all all, all your notes, going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and saying, well, fuck, we don't know it's all it. And I thought, all right, well, fuck these guys. You know, <laughs> I guess I'm not part of the crowd anymore. How do you keep an idiot in suspense? I'll tell you tomorrow. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's, that's fucking great, man. Well, nobody Good thought you. The reason nobody thought of you, because you kind of already own one, and you have a TNT 135. Well, that was the... Wait a minute. What, what do you mean I kind of already own one? Didn't you buy one with that dude? Across the street? Yeah. Well, no, he owns it now. So he had a timeshare. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, time no, I, I, I don't own it anymore. Yeah. So, so, so no, yeah, he, he, he bought you out of the timeshare. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. That's happened. And that's kind of funny before. though, because he's one of the only guys to ever give up a timeshare and then just buy his own timeshare. That's the way to do it though, because <laughs> yeah. he gave up the bike that cost full price and he bought the cheap one. Right. Right. That's super smart. I don't yeah. think it was a bad deal at all. That's not no. a bad deal one bit. And you don't have to worry about scratching it because it's already scratched. We're kind of devastated at work. I mean, that was our little uh, second Kubota runaround. Oh, was it really? <laughs> like, I don't want to have to walk all the way up to so that, that was building. the that was the uh, water department utility vehicle? <laughs> Gopher. <laughs> Perfect. That was cool, man. So I'm happy. That's fucking fantastic, man. Yeah, Good yeah. for you. That's cool. And it is in, I mean, it's in remarkable, the pictures, I was shocked at how unbroken it is. Compared to how Steve is? Yeah, oh, right. Like, oh. Didn't want to say it that way, but well, yeah. no, I said it right in the ad. <laughs> <laughs> the, bike, the bike made out way better than he did. It's, the, the bike might be the best tribute ever to the unkillability of Honda motorcycles. Unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. I mean, Steve, you'd think he went through a guardrail. Right, the exactly. The bike just has a little dent in the tank. Yeah. Which at this point it's new enough you probably get a tank for like 150 bucks. If you mm, I doubt 150. I got I, I got invest could, with my you shop. could easily buy one if you wanted to spend the money. But well, I'm saying there's somebody parting out a monkey somewhere. You can. I got a vest at my shop, Primavera modern bike. Somebody at this lady's work kissed it with their Dodge Charger, and knocked it over. 
So there's a dent in the right rear cowl, right? And there's a scratch on the left rear cowl. It's super minimal. But where the car hit it, Vespas are made of stamped steel. Right. And that monocoque design, all those edges, you know, there's a phrase in the bodywork industry that they say, creases are not fixable. Right. Dents are fixable. But once something is creased, it's fucked. You have to cut it out and weld a new one. That's right. And so we had two different body shops look at this bike. And both the body shops were like, yeah, man, we'll do that. Bring it in. Cool. No big deal. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll do the body work. We'll replace the panel. And I said, can't replace the panel. This is part of the frame. What do you mean? I bring in a bike and let them take a look at it. They like all of a sudden, the guy who told me it was going to be no problem is calling all the other guys out of the back of the shop. They're all looking at it like a dog staring at a ceiling fan. Have no idea how it got put together that <laughs> way. Staring. Right. And they're all just like, well, maybe we could. Nope. Well, maybe we could bang it out from the other side. Let me show you something. Take the seat bucket out, show them the inside. Oh, can't get in there to bang it out. No. And it's creased. It's creased. Well, maybe we could Maybe we could do that. Well, if we cut this out, and we're going to get another of this panel. Yeah, we're going to get that other panel. Where are you going to find a perfectly pristine crashed Vespa? That's not crashed on that side to cut the panel out and weld it in. So that's a good thing. So Vespa doesn't sell any kind of replacement body panels? They sell a replacement frame. Right. But that's, you might as well total the And bike. it's painted. That's nice that it's painted because it's right. going to be a perfect color but it's match. it's probably half the cost of the... But it's a hell of a lot of money. Yeah. So when we went through those numbers with the insurance company, everybody had to come to Jesus moment except me. I was well ahead of the game and knew where this was going to end. <laughs> uh, her bike that... Her bike that had experienced one oh shit of damage was going to get totaled out, and why? her bike's only three years old. Why do you think? That, why do you think they make those cheeks un, un unattachable, like like the old days? Like right. you can't take. Why do they do that? Because I always wondered. Like that seems kind of shitty. Steel is strong, and yeah. that hollow exoskeleton that is a Vespa frame, the wider it is, makes it stronger. Right. Yeah. So they're not the only person to use stamped steel frames. I no. mean, Honda's done it for years. Doesn't In fact, matter. the venerable CT90 is a stamped steel frame. You don't see anybody having okay. to pound those out or do anything. So is a brand new Super Cub. Yeah. So if you have a brand new Super Cub and your brand new Super Cub gets super fucked, you don't just like, I'm going to hammer that out. You don't. You have to order in a new frame. Well, there was probably some logic in putting that big back rack on it. <laughs> yeah. Right, it right. can't touch the ground. Right. Exactly. <laughs> the rack hits first. Right. Yeah. Well, well, what happens if I dent that? Well, how are you going to get to it? You got to get to it first. And so this particular, you know, this particular customer who's in this position, we've had two bikes in one month that both came in with what any of us would call I'll ride that. Yeah, that's a ding. Yeah, okay. Uh, that's going to be where my pound of Bondo and sticker goes. Yeah, right. Right. I just have a real quick question. Yeah. So I missed one fucking podcast and you replaced me with, so, you know, like uh, we half, we said halfway to my doppelganger here. <laughs> fucking. We said, we, okay. we said Johnny Mac lost some weight Gee. and changed his name. Gee, uh, fat and stupid's not here tonight. We'll have to get a replacement. <laughs> I hope you're living up to my recitation. I am. I hope I am. We got John. He's smarter than you. Johnny though, Mac man. and Cheese locale version. He cannot version. help but be. He cannot help but be smarter, better looking. Oh Shit. my god! 
Fucking million dollar man over here. <laughs> <laughs> All so, right, I see how it is. I see we, it is. we were hoping you wouldn't show up and make it awkward, but here you are. And then you know he just surprised us too because his course. hobby, his hobby is cleaning carburetors. It's fucking right. Crazy, that's exactly man. it. Right. Right. That's, that's his jam. I got a couple cans of carb cleaner in my car. We can uh, huff a little bit later. He on just fucking like. sweats carb cleaner. Don't let him lie yeah, to you. I brought you some. Uh, yeah, Detroit carb cleaner. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, I kind of figured when he said people were coming down from Detroit, they're probably here to see me. Mostly. Right. Yeah. So, there you go. Yeah. Probably. John, to show up. John, we got we have some uh, we have a we have a Saturday to reserve. Yes. <laughs> yes, we do. The uh, I do I do absolutely like that idea of being. Oops, I dented it. Turns yeah. into oops, I totaled it. Yeah, that's crazy, man. It's really painful. Like that's a hard thing to live with. And again, this is a bike that I have ridden. And I would pronounce it forever rideable. That's like, what I was about to ask. So, what's the? Is there any legality? No, of, of course. Yeah. But I'm saying right. for us, but like for her, yeah. What's the legality of her getting the replacement money good. and just buying the fucking bike that just has Excellent. a dent? You're absolutely right. That's a good thing, and that that actually comes into the point of this is why we do a podcast to educate people. If your bike is totaled, I'm going to take you through Unky Phil's guide to a little bit of fair trade in the rough trade market of insurance, Mm -hmm. okay? First of all, your insurance agent is going to tell you something like, well, your bike has been deemed to be totaled. Now, I'm going to promise you, there are times when you want somebody to say it's going to be totaled, and there's times when you don't want somebody to say it's going to be totaled. If your bike is three to five years old, and they tell you your bike is going to be totaled, you might go, yeah, free new bike. Hold on. Yeah, you're going to get the current value. They're going to give you a check for the current value of that vehicle that they've been able to find by looking around. If you bought that bike brand new for $6,500 and they find that those bikes are selling on the open market for $4,000, you're going to get a check for $4,000 minus your $500 deductible or $1,000 deductible, whatever that might be. Now, with $3,000, can you go out and buy your bike? Probably not. Right. So now we're going to talk about salvage. But my bike is only very mostly fucked. I would like to retain it. Well, you are going to be competing with whatever company, Copart, that your insurance company has a contract with (laughs) to buy the salvage vehicle, Copart. Now, the salvage vehicle may turn out to be worth more to Copart than you think it should be. And in this particular case... This is a bike that would cost me $4,000 to repair correctly to make it like new again. The Kelly Blue Book or street value of the bike is around $4,000. Right. Copart promises that they're going to pay Progressive $2,000 for the salvage price of this vehicle. Now, I argue that I don't think Copart's actually going to pay them that, but... I think it helps Progressive to say that's the starting off point. Now, in our particular state, the owner of the vehicle always has the right to buy out the vehicle because you're the title holder of the vehicle, okay? The insurance company is going to salvage that title out when they issue you what's called a settlement on your buyout. So you're going to say, I've been paying insurance on this bike for four years. You want to offer me four grand. I want to keep the bike. We've got a deductible. So I'm going to take $2,000 off of my $4,000 payout. I'm going to take $500 off for my deductible. 
Now I'm getting a check for $1,500 and I'm getting my old bike with the salvage title. That's a tough pill to swallow. You got $1,500 and a broke dick bike. But in her case, it's not. It's just dense. So like if you're a rider and you just want to ride your fucking bike... That's, I mean, I would do that. That's what I call the butter zone. The butter zone, exactly. <laughs> you already broke its cherry. Right. It's You're already in the got butter zone. in the tank. Right. Now it's you got can some just character. enjoy it. Yeah. You just have fun with it. I don't have it. to worry about throwing my foot but over it. I don't how, have to worry about scratching dent. So yeah. how do you feel, though? Let's just say for the sake of argument, you're in this customer's exact position. You want to buy your bike back because you know that with that $4,000 check minus your Deductibles, 3500 bucks. if you have $500 deductible. Some people have $1,000 deductibles. Let's just say 500 With 3500 you can't replace that four-year-old Vespa. You just can't. I, I, I do this. No, you can't. $1,500, I can buy some paint, some Bondo. I'd have okay. that fucker fixed and painted in two weeks. Okay. Then you sell it on the open market for four grand. No, you can't. Not with a salvage title. <laughs> with a salvage title, it's worth... Squatoosh. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I've bought bikes with salvage titles. Because you're a that, dumbass. No, that is something dumb like the shift shaft broke and they replaced yeah. it. Oh, okay, well, there's nothing but wrong with that. What did that do for the, the resale value? The, of the bike, bike had cosmetic value. I mean, I, you knock a thousand. There is another out. option, though. Go ahead. So, this happened to me with my yep. 2004 Camry, yep. which they decided to total out. And I said, all right, well, fuck everybody. Right. Go away, insurance company. Yep. I kept my. I kept my car. That's right. I, I fixed my car. Yep. And I said, I'm suing the gal that hit me. That's right. For the $4,000. Yep. And so kiss my ass. So yep. I'll see you in court. That's right. And I actually told the, the attorney, I said, are you fucking kidding me? You're going to pay attorneys to defend her right. at what? Four or $500 an hour? Mm-hmm. How far apart are we? Really? Right. We're $750 fucking dollars apart. That's right. So you're going to sit there and not come up seven fifty right. to make this work. All right, fuck it. I'll right. I'll sue her in court. And That's exactly small claims right. court, fuck you, and it'll be in Rocky River. Right. You know, let's see how it works right. out. So, You're absolutely right. So you don't have to back down. You yep. just you, you just tell them, all right, we'll go to court. Fuck right. you. Because you know what they don't want to do? They don't want to hire an attorney That's right. from downtown to fucking go yep. out to Rocky River and try to defend some bullshit case yep. where it finally goes up to the insurance adjuster and says, who the fuck did this right. and not pay this guy an extra 500 bucks? What the fuck's the matter with you guys? You're all fucking fired. Wow. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Yes. Well, Chris if is Smith, absolutely if Smith right. Smith ever seems like he's running out of breath or his arm's loose, just bring up his fucking Camry. We'll get his fucking heart rate right back up there. Yeah. But... When you're insur- when you're dealing with an insurance company, remember insurance companies put on this earth to fuck you over, yep. right? Yeah. So no matter how many fucking premiums you've paid for ten years or fifteen years, and you've made all these premium payments, you never made a claim. Now when they are sh- they're supposed to be in your corner fighting for you, they are not in your corner fighting for you, even though you're their client. Perfect example. When I got called away a couple weeks ago because yeah. my wife's car exploded, yep. right? So I called the insurance guy and I told because like uh, they we we called the insurance guy to get, to get the tow and that's yeah. when the cops fucking towed it yep. right. So I was, I'm telling the insurance guy blah blah the right. next day what happened. He was like, "Oh man, send me that receipt and yep. I'll get it covered because that's bullshit." I thought he was like, "Wow, what a nice fucking guy." No, he's no, not. It was a comprehensive claim. Exactly. He didn't tell me that. No. He just said I was just fucking doing a tow for me. No, your so rates like, went up. Yeah, of course they did. Of course they did. That fucking cocksucker. Now I'm mad too. Well, you ought to be. I like the idea of going with like Progressive or one of the big insurance companies because you stand a pretty good chance of running into somebody who has the same insurance. And then there's no contest because they're yeah. paying both ways. They're paying that both the ways best, and the best both rates happen. are going up. 
They passed the well. That was yeah. well. My car was parked on the street, and so yep. I had you know I had progressive. She had progressive. Yep. My car got. I got a check. There was no, you know, I mean, if you're going to be the person that has insurance on your car, if you're going to play by the rule and you're going to have insurance on your motorcycle, your car, whatever you're going to do, if you're going to do that, if your vehicle's going to get hit, absolutely remember that you do not have to make a claim because the things that happen once you make a claim are un. You can't redo. Yeah, you can't yeah, get a do-over. You're fucked. The claim happens. The rates are going to go up. Things are going to happen. These things are all going to happen. Chris's idea, Chris's idea of going directly at the insurance company of the other party and saying, "I'm just going to take you to court." No, I, no, but but I'm yeah. taking the woman to the court. The human. Yeah, right. I'm taking the her human. to court. Right. I don't give a fuck what her insurance Doesn't company matter. does because her ass is going to be sitting there. And she's liable. So she's going to have to right. bring in an attorney yep. to defend her Absolutely. or the insurance company is going to have right. to bring in an or attorney. Or write me a check. And they don't have somebody sitting around in, yeah. in Cleveland to do that. they got to hire somebody from downtown. Right, write me a check. Yeah. That's all it comes down to. So figure it out. Do your fucking math for once. There is nothing in the world, when I talk to my customers, that says you have to take the insurance company's offer. You do not Always know. reject it. Yeah. If you haven't rejected it three times, you are not playing the game. I have seen people get an offer of a, uh, you know, a settlement on a vehicle where we've had a four thousand dollar damage on the vehicle, and they don't want to pay to get it fixed. So the insurance company is going to be like, "Oh yeah, well you know your salvage buyout on this, or you know the vehicle's worth is four grand." And I've seen customers just be like, "No, I can't replace this vehicle for four grand." They're like, "Yeah, but you don't have a replacement." value coverage. I don't care. I'm not going to do it. And you can't make me total out my vehicle. You cannot make me total out my vehicle. That's right. I cannot, I'm not obliged by law to sign the title of this vehicle over to your insurance company. And here's something else yep. too. My wife exploded my old Pontiac vibe that I had, right? Yeah. I love that car. It was a great car, but I had done all this work to it. And for some reason, I just remember my dad told me always to save receipts. So I right. had this stupid hobby of saving receipts, right? But what worked out is when she exploded the car, they were going to offer me like three grand right. or something, right? Yeah. And I said, dude, I had tires. I just put them on like a Absolutely. month ago. Here's the brakes I did. Here's right. this work. And he's like, do you have receipts? Yeah. They yeah. bumped the value up to almost six grand just because all this, the receipts I had of current work I did. I assure you. Well, that, that was a good adjuster then. Yeah. The yeah. average so adjuster out, yeah. will play the game and, yeah. and plead like, oh, well, you know, we can't do that. We can't yeah, do that. We can't do that. Yeah, we're not paying for And it. they are going to play that game with you because that's how they get paid. It's their job yeah, to right. reduce those, their, those liabilities. Those payouts. Yep. They want to reduce that. That's how they get paid. That's why they're there to baffle you with bullshit. But remember, at the end of the day, that property is your property. You own it. You have a title that says it's yours and your name, and you don't need to relinquish that to anybody. Going after the person directly is an excellent option if you think there's a chance in hell that they can write you the check, right? Going after the insurance company and saying very clear to the insurance company, look, man, I am not going to take a settlement. I am going to drag this out forever. Ever until you give me the money that it's going to cost for me to replace my vehicle because I'm not at fault here. Mm. That's exactly right. Because, because what happens is yep. once you say, I'm taking you to court, That's right. it goes beyond that adjuster. Now right. the adjuster gets fucked. No, they got to call the legal department. Yeah. So yeah. It's, Jesus Christ is going up to legal. Who sent yeah. this up to legal? Sally did. Right. Fuck, are you kidding me? Yep. And it's like, God yeah. damn, Sally. Make you this know, go away. Well, what are you doing here? How much are we missing this? Right. Uh, $800. Right. Oh, you're you're bothering me for eight hundred fucking dollars. You got to be kidding me. Yeah. Pay it. There and is then, no court there, case there in the world. Yeah, they don't want to go to court. Yeah, because it's, it's three, four, five days at at 
you know, a thousand, two thousand dollars a day. Yep. They're going, Jesus Christ, you know, we got five thousand dollars under just attorney's fees. And remember, you know, to dick around in Fairview Park. What are you we doing? And you don't need a lawyer. No. To make that phone call. You need a phone to make that phone call. You need to be the company that the, the party that's been wronged and yeah. say, I'm yeah, sure, I've got I've got seven lawyers, but we're not gonna go through the insurance. The other thing you do yeah. is Sally, who's denying the claim? Right. So Sally, okay, great. Thanks very much. I need right. your last name. Well, right. why need my, because yeah. Sally, you're going to get deposed. Yeah. And you're going to have to come to Cleveland yep. for this. So you right. and I, I want your boss's name. I want everybody deposed. Right. You all got to fucking haul your ass here to Cleveland. Right. So now now the insurance company, Jesus Christ, this is turning into $10,000 for the fucking mistakes for what? Make this guy go away. Yeah, yeah. Pay this, this cocksucker to get out of our way. way. And, uh, nah, let's screw this motherfucker over. How, <laughs> how dare he? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What is it going to cost us to sue him? Well, and, All right. Well, that's what we paid for flowers on our front table in the we, reception area last year. We can never have last somebody month. pull this stunt again. We must make, we a must make an example of him. Yeah. No, well, that well, Let's happen. hope he doesn't talk about it on a podcast so right. everybody else learns. There's, no, there's absolutely nothing about the insurance company situation when your vehicle gets hit and you've been fucked up. I've been injured. I have had my insurance. I have had twenty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 of medical bills from a very, a very to. small crash, yeah. a little tiny crash, $40,000 worth of medical bills that I kept telling the hospital, well, the other party who hit me has got insurance. This is the, cl- the case number. This is the claim number, everything else. And not one bit of that slowed down the billing department at the hospital that gave me the MRI, right? Yeah, exactly. And all the stuff that I thought was taken care of, nope. It was Ding. being. I just kept getting billed and billed and billed. And I like billed how you, I like how you're already like um, you're delinquent by yeah. the time you get your first bill. I was delinquent when I left the place because I didn't realize that the hospital system had its own company that was the collections agency. Oh yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I was shocked to yeah. find out that when I did a little bit of research, that the company that had put that had turned me over to collections that was threatening my credit score, even though I was super duper insured. And the party who hit me was super duper insured. They were still blowing smoke at me yeah. like they were going to fuck my credit. And here's the weird part: when you talk over an to MRI, them, you talk to them. They know they're fucking. Like, of course they do. The, the people on the phone are like, of course oh, they are. "Oh, don't worry. This is oh, literally." Because I'll be like, "I didn't get a bill yet." They're right. like, "Oh no, this literally is just your first bill." Right. But I'm like, "It says I'm in collections." It literally says, yeah. I'm in collections on it." And like, how <laughs> can I be in collections? The yeah. bill came from the collections department. Yeah. And she's like, "This is what we do." Yeah. That's door three. That's door three. Yeah. <laughs> that's so. The, that's that's our, another LLC. That's over there. Um, believe me, if you get in a motorcycle crash, if you are the victim of a motorcycle crash, if your bike is damaged, keep in mind that it is not your job to be the victim again. It is your job to fight vociferously for your bike, to get your bike back to the condition it was prior to the crash. And it is funny because if you think you're winning, if you think like, oh, this these guys are this is great. I'm going to get like, no, you're fucking losing. (laughs) Trust me. If you're paying money to an insurance company and they have an adjuster out there, the nicer they are to you, the worse it's going to turn out. Yeah. The bigger, the smile, the sharper, the knife, right? Uh, That's going to be the deal. It is going to hurt. Here at our shop, that's what we've been doing for 23 years. We deal with 20 or 30 crashed vehicles per year. Sometimes the customer's fault. Sometimes they're the victim of this. We've never seen a single person 
after dealing with an insurance adjuster that went, yeah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm whole. No, you're not whole. You lost. They've all lost to a certain degree. They're in my shop saying, can I, can I take some of the accessories off of my bike because I don't want it to go to the scrapyard with my, you know, right. St. John Vignani, whatever the fuck on it. And here's, here's something to think about. Think about this. How long have you paid insurance on that car? Oh, they, yeah. If they just put right. that money in an account, right. they could just pay you the interest they made <laughs> off of it to replace your car. That should make you feel real good. Uh, I, I know people that have the yeah. whole I'm self-insured thing going on. Yeah. And uh, call, call a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> call, you got $3.2 million dollars just laying right. around? Yes, exactly. Mary, I guess I've Mary always been extremely lucky yeah. because I've always yeah. had, it's been, always been a no-fault situation. Right. So my insurance didn't go up. Even when I had a piece of shit fly up and hit the front of my car, it cost right. $3,500. And yep. I got it fixed. Yep. My insurance agent was like, you might as well file a claim. There's, they're right. not at fault. It's not going to affect your rate. Right. And then the other three and what times was the deductible was, on that? It was like 100 bucks yeah, or something for like a windshield. That. Yeah, well, yeah, it was not. Well, you live in Michigan. Michigan's no fault so state. So Michigan's a whole no so fault if state. If you get rear-ended, <laughs> you're still paying for it. Right. Uh, your insurance pays uh, for you. Yeah. It's the most... It's your broken. fault insurance. It's your yeah, fault it's your insurance. Fault insurance. <laughs> the other three exactly times, right. the other three times, I just made money because the car was really not worth that much, and I just kept the check and right, like, yeah. cool. But in a no fault, when a no fault state like yourself, even if the party that hits you is uh, zero insurance. DUI, yeah. driving under suspension, it doesn't matter because all insurance there is uninsured motorist insurance, which we pay extra for here. Yeah. Meanwhile. Uh, every person that's ever hit me has been, by the time everything was all said and done, an underinsured motorist. Yeah, yeah, way and way. They got legal weed. That <laughs> fucking makes up for it 100%, so it's fine. Well, my favorite thing is when I go in the SOS to get my plates, and yeah. everybody is at LA Insurance next door getting their seven days of insurance. Oh, getting oh, literally there. Get their plates, yeah, they, uh, and then they're off. Yeah, they, the uh, insurance for the year. When and they it, call that the date of inception, like the, the inception date of the policy... We had somebody here at the shop somewhat recently that had called me. I'm just going to say, for the sake of an argument, the person had about a $6,000 bike. And it was a, a one-year-old bike that had been uh, oh, super fucking crashed by him. But he failed to have insurance. Mm. So he contacted me back in like March and said, hey, will you fix my bike? And I said, well, you know, Send me pictures or bring the bike in. Oh, the bike doesn't run. I can't bring it in. It's crashed. I said, great. Then send me pictures and or give me the contact for your insurance company. I said, eh, just send me pictures of the bike. So he sends me pictures of the bikes and I, I look at all the pictures and I'm like, yeah, about 3,500 bucks. So I send him back. I call the guy back and I'm like, about 3,500 bucks. He goes, cool. Can I bring it to you next week? I'm like, with 3,500 bucks. Because you're not insured. So if you're not insured, I need to make sure I'm going to get paid because I don't want this bike in my shop sitting on $2,500 worth of parts if you're not going to pay me. Definitely, right. So he goes, okay. And I don't hear anything from him for a long time. And this really nice lady calls me from, you know, uh, Geico Insurance or something. She goes, yeah, I'm calling about it. I said, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it turns out, uh, I guess uh, he was involved in a crash. And I said, yeah, probably like back in March. And she goes, no, no, this was just here in August. And I said, oh, he's been in a second crash? 
I thought his bike was damaged heavily in the first crash and he couldn't drive it anymore. Uh, she goes, you she just goes, fucked his game. And dude. she goes, no, no, no. His bike was just in a crash. Uh, I said, uh, I said, well, I said, look, if you want to cover it, I said, what's the incept date on his policy? And she goes, uh, about two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Yeah. And I said, okay. I said, did you send an adjuster out yet? Because they're, as much as insurance companies are thieves, they're also cheap and lazy. So she's like, no, well, no, we weren't. I said, well, why don't you do me a favor? Because before I get in the middle of this bullshit war that's about to happen, and I become somehow involved, why don't you do me a favor? And either go look at it or whatever, because I'm going to just email you over the pictures he sent me in March. And she goes, oh. And I said, yeah. And she goes, all right. And I said, because I'd rather do this now than after I've got two or $3,000 wrapped up in this thing and realize you're not going to pay it and he ain't going to pay it. Yeah. And I'm going to have a salvage title bike on my hands that I can't get rid of for the money I got into it. Because that's exactly what happens. In our shop, we've got seven or eight bikes that have been abandoned But how, did, how because did, they had no insurance. They brought them to our shop and said, fix it. And I went, eh, hold on. Proof, give me some money or bring me the insurance policy or bring me the, you know, show me that it's going to get paid for. And then magically, these people all just vaporize and disappear. They can't get their title now, though, because they vaporized and disappeared. Mechanics liens titles are not a thing that's easy to do. Right. But that's the point is, I know had I done and worked on all these bikes and been like, it's done. Hey, come and get your bike. Yeah, uh, you owe us $2,900. But how did the, yeah. like, so how did the insurance companies get away with positioning themselves where like they could literally just do that? Like, oh, no, we're not paying. Fuck did, you, sorry. Did your state make insurance mandatory that every driver has to have it? Yes, sir. They empowered the insurance company so that you can't have a driver's license unless you have proof of insurance. Right. And the insurance company says to Johnny Driver, well, you were operating that vehicle with a license and you didn't have any insurance, so you were in illegal use of the roadway at the time of the crash, and we're not going to cover you because we, can, we have proof now that the crash occurred before we were financially responsible for the crash. But if they okayed the repair, though, how do they get out from not paying just because of that? Yeah, because the, because the guy lied. Because <laughs> liar, liar, pants really? on fire is still an affirmative no, defense. That. Yeah. So, but right. like legally, then, would the, could you the then sue the dude? You, of course. Exactly. Right. I understand that you're yeah. never going to get paid. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, but you can sue the guy for that money then hmm. at that point, right? Uh, Who? The, the me? owner. Yeah. So I do the work like, on the so, guy's yeah, bike. Say, like, you get fucked. And right? the guy call, I call the guy and say, your insurance turns out your your insurance discovered your little your little quickie scam they've never seen before ever because they're just a brand new insurance company that isn't aware people lie about the date on their policies or whatever. So you happen to have the most uh, ignorant insurance company ever, and and they didn't discover this was a ruse until I gave them the bill for the thirty five hundred dollar repair, mm. right? And the guy goes, yeah, and I go, so you owe me thirty five hundred bucks because your insurance company came in after I did all the work. And said, yeah, we're not covering that because we discovered in our investigation that the crash happened before he was insured. Right. He wasn't insured at the time it happened. So who's the idiot? Well, I'm the idiot. I did the work. 
I did the idiot before I had a commission. So I need to get a letter of intent from the insurance company that says they're going to cover the cost of this before I put my labor into it. Right. And so, yeah, yeah because like, unless that bike's like a $16,000 bike and he's going to have the rest of his life paying for a bike and have them, it makes almost monetary sense to him just to be like, fuck you. He has 30, 31 payments left on this bike. Right. He just walks away. He just walks away. His so credit gets come, 10 points worse. Come right? sue me. Right. And, and, exactly. And, and Phil can sue him and maybe win. No. Then, well, well let's, no. Just, let's, let's just err on, on the side that you win. I will Guess win what? and I will be able to garnish his wages, which are zero for the rest of his life, <laughs> yeah. which he'll never. Yes, yeah, so you're going right. to chase exactly. his shit down Winning forever. and getting paid are two different things. Thank you. That's exactly yeah. right. Winning and losing at the exact same time. Yeah. Plus, you know, those lawyers that I hire to do that, those are all free. Right. Yeah. Oh, they're not. <laughs> they're not. So the second I call my lawyer, it's already losing. Ding. Yeah. So it's better to be cautious and don't do the work. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. It's better to say, look, I have some evidence that this bike, that this is a fuck around. This mm-hmm. is a fraud. He's committing a fraud. It is better because I know other dealers that would be like, no, dude, let the insurance company be fooled. Let the insurance company be fooled. Lean into it. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. No, he didn't call me back in March. I have no idea what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Do the work, and then the insurance company's going to pay you, and you're going to be $3,500 ahead of the game or whatever it costs. Yeah. Until it's but not. But I also have faith in the fact that insurance companies are bullshit fact checkers, super tight with their money, don't want to give away a dollar if they don't have to. And if this guy gets caught in a lie, the first thing they're going to do is not pay me. Right. <laughs> so how does this guy being a fuck want to affect me not getting paid $3,500. Well, they, they right. will terminate his policy. That's good. I'll feel yeah. better about that when I'm not paying Tom or Renee. Right. Yeah. So, like, that's that joke about when you run your own business and you're working with insurance companies, you have to be careful to make sure that that guy's policy was in good standing at the time of the crash. So crazy. You got to play game a little bit. You got to be a little bit careful and protect yourself. Because when you get into that game, I do. they do it to me, too. When I write a quote and I say that it's going to cost you $3,500 to fix this bike, that, that adjuster all of a sudden puts on his, well, you know, I'm the world's greatest mechanic hat. And he starts telling you about how that exhaust system shouldn't cost 600 bucks Because he can get one on, uh, you know, a Ro- Recart Auto Parts, you know, Rock Auto for uh, 120 bucks. Mm-hmm. And I've had insurance companies say, like, why does that exhaust system cost 400 bucks, 500 bucks when I can buy one here on this website for 120. I'm like, who the, where the fuck did you find that? Oh, it's Alibaba, Wish, you know, Turo, whatever the fuck. Dude, that's what they're going to do. And they're going to take my quote and they're going to attack it. Yeah. But like, you ha- use OEM parts, right? Like, they can't make you buy an Alibaba fucking exhaust for something. No, they right? can't make you, but they can say, this is what we're paying for. Yeah. This is what we're going to allow. Right. I can't believe, so there's no regulation saying that you have to use the manufacturer's no, not fucking replacement Absolutely parts? Absolutely not. In fact, That's some fucking... insurance companies stipulate in their policies right. that you have to use generic off When brand, available. Like, especially with vehicles, like yep. cars and stuff. Like, yep. That's you, fucking there's crazy. No, you know, when available. Because we all know right. like how, I mean, some things obviously don't matter. A mirror is going to be a mirror. <laughs> but if you get a fucking off-brand lifter or something uh, like that. When my Tundra got hit. Young lady on the phone, blasting the back of my Tundra, had the tailgate down because I had two bikes in the back of it, and she turned the tailgate of my Tundra into a fucking Pringle. I mean, it was epic the way that thing got fucked. And that's a tailgate on the back of that truck that I loaded motorcycles in and out of for four years. Any kind of bike, Harley, whatever. So I took it to the Toyota dealer. They did the job. 
I got my bike, got my truck back. I lowered the the tailgate, and you know the Tundra has that soft, you know that little that little mm. prop in there, that hydraulic a prop thing that lets the tailgate down ever so slowly, very sexy. So I opened it, and it wouldn't go down. I was like, "What the fuck? My tailgate won't go down." So I had to fight my tailgate to go down. Mm. I was like, "That's weird. That's fucking weird." Why do I, for the first time ever, why do I have to push my tailgate down? Mm. That's fucking strange. So I put the ramp up against it. I'm loading a bike in. So I load the bike in the back of the Tundra and my tailgate folds in half the other way. And the bike falls on the ground and the whole deal. My tailgate failed. Wow. Because they put on a Chinese replica tailgate. The insurance company wouldn't pay for the Toyota tailgate. The insurance company paid for the off-brand tailgate. And the Toyota dealership that did the work didn't tell me they were putting on an off-brand tailgate. They just told me the book of the car was fixed. Yeah. So I realized the prop wouldn't let the tailgate go down because the tailgate weighed half as much as the real tailgate weighed. Oh. So the hydraulic prop that lets it go down nice and sexy and slow wouldn't let it go down at all because it weighed half as much. Right. It was made out of the thinnest fucking sheet metal I'd ever seen. It was truly a fake tailgate. So, of course, I, I whine and bitch and complain. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, whose tailgate you put on my truck? And the Toyota dealer goes, oh, yeah, man, Progressive Insurance won't authorize us to use the Toyota tailgate that costs $1,800. They let us use this $400 tailgate from China. Maybe the consumer should have known about that when I load a motorcycle onto a tailgate every day that has to hold the item I'm putting on it and not fold in half and hurt me and injure me, right? And I was like, yeah, we got to fix this now. And Toyota, Motor Cars Toyota, who I bought the truck from, was like, well, then you got to call your insurance. I was like, you did the work. Yeah, right. Well, we did the work with the parts Progressive allows us, and we do millions of dollars worth work for, of work for Progressive every year. So if they say jump, we say how high. Damn. So be fucking careful. Uh, if your motorcycle is getting fixed somewhere, make sure they're using the correct fucking parts to fix it. Fucking progressive over there getting run by Luigi Ponticello, fucking part of the hey, fucking look, Gumbadi family. In our world, fucking... in our world, we're happy when the Vespa parts show up. Yeah. In our world, we're happy when the Kimco parts show up. We're happy when the BMW parts show up. We're not spoiled with choice where we have options of non-standard parts available to replace a BMW fender with a GMW fender, right? Right. But in the automotive industry, there's a whole fucking industry based on non-standard parts. There's a whole industry based on look-alike, sound-alike, smell-alike parts that are cost a third as much, and the insurance company can charge you for the high-dollar item, but actually put the low-dollar item on the vehicle. Hmm. And the dealer's going to do it because the dealer gets how many millions of dollars a year from that? Working Did with we that give uh, Grom Beardo a shout-out? Hey, Grom Beardo! Yeah. We should give him so a shout-out. He's a today. Patreon member, for fuck's sake. Yeah, so Grom Beardo... Yep. Actually bought the the monkey bike, was ready to come pick it up. <gasps> what? But then, you know, Chris jumped up and said, hey, I, I'd like to buy that. So I, I did have to apologize to Grom Beardo, a.k.a. Aaron. Aaron, yeah. And uh, say, you know, it's it's a bro deal. So I'm, and yep. he, he very much understood and said, you know, I'm surprised one of the guys didn't already grab it. But, sure. You know, oh, yeah. cool. Right. But I did mention that Steve was liquidating a lot of the rest of his collection. So yep. he still came out. To not look at the monkey, but to check right. some of the other stuff out. And so he took some inventory, and he's oh, he going to maybe try to shop around some of the other stuff that Steve nice. has for sale. And we got to meet his daughter, Ava. She's 12 years old. She's riding motorcycles and stuff. So. Okay, so I got to give you guys the update on what Grom Beardo does. So Grom Beardo sells parts 
for your Groms and small motorcycles that will make them survive all the stunting and fun shit that we want to do to them. He specifically mm. mentioned, I think, like a high, like an oil pump or his a pickup. High, his high-volume oil pump pickup system will save your motor, your Grom, if yeah. you're doing 12 o'clock wheelies. So if you're going to spend your time on a CRF 110, if you're going to spend your time on a Grom, on a monkey, doing some wheelies, all the oil is going to go to the back of the crankcase, and there won't be anything to go into the feed to go up to the top end of your motorcycle. And this slippery, cool son of a bitch made manufactures a pump that has a pickup that will keep your motor from starving of oil if you're running it at fucking 12 o'clock. And well done for that, because that's something that will save you the bike. Yeah, right? but it's going to take away from the good videos of the dudes locking the motors locking up, the motors and, up and, really? down and fucking Ouch. killing themselves. That's oh. always fun. So yeah, so he does these uh, he does these pumps uh, for the four speeds. They're only like seventy five bucks. That's right. so much cheaper than putting a motor in and, and yeah. rebuilding the motor. Um, he does the he actually does the Takigawa, which is Takigawa is absolutely <coughs> the the fruit at the top of the tree. So he'll do a hundred and thirty dollar Takigawa part for you. And Takigawa, if you don't know about Japanese motorcycle parts and Japanese engines and shit like that. We're not fucking around. That is the stuff. You got a Takigawa motor. You haven't listened to the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast. Our friend Emma, she goes on a, a, a deep dive on that and how exquisite these parts are and how how well built they are. He also does his his produced uh, seventy five buck one. So that's that's badass. He does clutch kits. He does pressure plates. Um, he does. Uh, springs for your clutch so you can actually get a wheelie to hook up and not just fucking bounce the plates. He's got it going on. So if cool. you want to hop up your small bike, your mini moto, you should absolutely fuck. What am I telling you? You already know this. If you got a, if you got a Grom, if you've got a monkey, you know about Grom Beardo already. Grom, the word Grom, beard, and the letter O after that. Mm-hmm. Aaron will take care of that. Um, he's very much on top of this thing, and it doesn't hurt us because he's local. Yeah, right. Right. So that's a good thing for us. So if you are going to build a mini bike, you are going to make some, you know, you are going to make some power. You are going to make something fun. He's the guy to call. Yeah, yeah. He's going to give you some good advice and get you set up. Uh, give him a shout. And I, I know I've had to run into him before. He yep. looks familiar. Oh and yeah, I, and I have a feeling we'll be running into him again. Is that a joke? He he shows up at running the events. Into him again. <laughs> yeah, he shows up at the events. But give him a call if you want to. If you want to make sure that you are, if you are out there conducting wheelie class. Yeah. <laughs> On your Honda 125 or your CRF 110, you may want to invest in a $75 pump that's going to put the get the oil from where you need it to be. Hey, my Google, my to Google be. calendar just let me know that it is officially Chris Smith joke time. Hey, go ahead, bring it on, Chris. Kid walks into a whorehouse with a dead frog. But um bum. Just the driest delivery ever. <laughs> it's like he's telling the joke against his own will. Yeah, right. <laughs> he goes to the front desk and sets the dead frog on top of the counter. The man at the desk says, We don't allow kids in here. The kid puts a hundred dollar bill on the counter. And the man replies, okay, what do you want? The kid says, I want to have sex with the girl here that has the most STDs I can get. 
We don't have a woman like that around here. Sorry, buddy. The kid puts another $100 bill on the table. Okay, kid. All the way down the hall. Last door on the left. Kid comes out of the room after a while. And he's walking out the front door. And the man stops him. Hey, kid. Why in the world would you do that? You basically just killed yourself. The kid looks up at him and says, I'm going home today. My parents are going out, and I'm getting a babysitter, and I'm going to fuck my babysitter. My parents are going to come home, and my dad's going to drive the babysitter home, and he's going to fuck the babysitter. My dad will come home, and he'll fuck my mom. My dad will leave to work tomorrow morning, and the mailman will come by, and my mom will fuck the mailman. And that's a motherfucker who ran over my frog. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> but I'm oh, fucking horrible. All right. So a pilot walks into a bar. He's got a roll of paper towels on his head. The bartender says, "What's the deal with the paper towels?" He says. Arg, I've got a bounty on my head. Arg, oh my God. All right, on that note, I'd like to thank our newest Patreon member at the $20 level, Elliot Dumont. So Elliot Dumont, thank you very much. That's that's awesome. You are going to get the punchlines to those jokes, by the way. Um, we've got... <laughs> Whether you want them or not. Whether or not you want them, they're coming at you, buddy. There's nothing you can do about it. Uh, we... The Patreon thing is alive and well, and it is, it's, it's, it's working, and it does give us the ability to keep doing what we're doing. We got a remote rig recently that's going to help us do stuff out in the field. Badass. Um, Elliot, that, that money goes a long way to help that, too. Uh, Adam DeLellis, 20 bucks. right? That's, that's fantastic. That is literally better than buying me two cocktails at Porco. Mm-hmm. That, is, that is totally the right way to spend your money. Peter Cordell came in at 10 bucks. Peter Cordell's in there at 10 bucks and five bucks. Still going to get going to get his box stuffed by Renee, mm. right? Five bucks. Uh, Vincent, Vincent Luke or uh, Loque. I, I don't know. He's fancy. Uh, L-O-U-Q-U-E. So he's got two U's in his last name. That doesn't happen very often. So that's the kind of thing that we're talking about. Uh, Getting in at that level, Renee is going to send you a box of goodies, a box of swag. But more importantly, you can listen to the podcast with your held he- your head held high and know that it's your fault, hmm. yeah. that we're still here and we're still doing this. Uh, because otherwise, we would have ran this bitch out of my wallet a long time ago. Um, I, I Did you guys see I sent you a message? Um, one of the Patreon listeners ended up emailing me, and he said that he was so impressed with what, what Renee you know, did for him. Oh, the that, way she stuffed her box? Yeah, that he yeah. wanted to send her something, but then he got it back, and on the note, it said that um, her bush was too big and that if she wanted her box serviced properly, that she'd have to do something about that. So they returned his mail. They because couldn't, they, they couldn't they stuff it in her, her box. They couldn't find her box because her bush was too big. Exactly. It was terrible. If Renee listens to that, I'm going to claim yeah. I did not know that was coming. And, but, but and it's and just a simple. It's don't a, quit, Renee. It's a United yeah. States. It's a postal. <laughs> it's just a simply a postal service thing. Don't it has quit, no, Renee. Uh, don't quit. All right. So wait. So when, one one, one last thing. One last thing. So so our, our friend Pete was down at uh, Barber uh, Barber Barber, yeah. and uh, so he's hanging her out down there. And 
working for the BMW group, and they got to be nice to everybody. So some guy comes walking. <laughs> got to be nice to everybody. <laughs> yeah. I like that concept. Yeah, they so, got to be nice to everybody. So some guys walk talking to them about the bikes. Because it's like Barber. That. Yeah, for, for hours. And the guy finally says, so where are you from? And uh, Pete says, well, I'm from Greater Cleveland, Ohio. He's, the guy says, no shit. I listened to a podcast up there called uh, Cleveland Moto. And Pete says, yeah, yeah, I know all those guys. I was right. on the podcast for like five years. Yeah. Yeah. The, the guy says, you know, the funniest thing, some guy on the podcast has this motorcycle called the Janus, and they're always busting his ass on Janus. So I've, I've made it all, all the way down to down Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> That they, that they know that I got the anus bike You're down an there. industry hero. There you go. There because you go. we so, bust your balls on the podcast yeah, so, about your motorcycle. So Pete says, I know that guy. I know that guy. He's a good friend. Yeah. And if you ask him nicely, he'll let you touch his janus. He'll show you his janus. He'll show you his janus. He always shows me his, his janus. His green yeah. janus. His, well, I don't know about that. I have touched his janus. Yes, I have I've touched his janus too. I've That's fingered true. it gently. I've touched his <laughs> So you guys are out ahead of the pack. Way ahead of the pack on that whole thing. All right. Anybody else got anything else? Well, so you know I have the Africa Twin up for sale. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I'm getting some responses. And this one cocksucker sends me an offer of $3,000. Oh, shit. I'm sorry, dude. Welcome to Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. Yeah. So here's to you, Al Popwell. Who also said just contacting you so you have material to bitch about on oh, the podcast. Nice. Yeah. Good job. That's good job. And he gave you a three star review too. I'll give you three and I, <laughs> I well, that's what I said. I said I'm giving you three stars. I'm giving you three stars. And Absolutely. Said, I'll crank it up. Oh, that's cool. And I take it back. You're not a cock smoker. <laughs> But, but you know, shout out to Al. Shout out to Al. And Liza is also selling her Africa Twin. Mm. But her Africa Twin has the uh, DC team. Oh, the, so it's not, it's the, it's the, not good one. Yeah, you know. Yeah. This is a real Africa Twin. This is a, for people uh, who know, you know how to ride motorcycles. So this was weird. So when yeah. John posted that, yeah. I've ridden with Steve a yeah. hundred times on our Africa Twin. Sure. And I swear to God, he had the red, white, and blue one no, with she, the gold. He has a red, white, and black one. He has my bike exactly. Exactly, your but, bike. Dude, I'd be a very bad witness. Him. I'd be a very you bad You literally w- thought he had the red, white, and blue, yeah, which yeah, is what yeah. Liza has. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, I'm yeah. a bad witness. Don't no, ever yeah, ask I, me I, to I witness it. anything. Yeah. Well, your eyes are probably stoned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the way it goes Just at this point. <laughs> Color's the first thing to go. And good Lord, that BMW E3, that's... Oh, jeez. What? All yeah. the responses, everybody. Oh, oh, really? Oh, yeah. Really? That's getting everybody's. Oh, any, the BM. Yeah. That's okay. Um, I'm, Can you send me 20,000 pictures? I average about 1,000. Is this still available? Yeah. For every actual, actual, I'm going to engage in a conversation with you. Well, you so, so my car is low. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. No, I, I, I see I the car. Guy, I had it's one one guy, matter, one guy came back and he's like, "I have three of these plus right. two parts cars. Yeah, don't let anybody give you a penny less than what you're asking." Oh, yeah. Right, right. I I agree. I agree. And uh, yeah, so yeah. And now on my other, but this was the one that I like. I don't know if you noticed on the the monkey and the the Africa twin. I'm like, mm-hmm. no offers. Do not contact no. me unless you want to pay this price and come and get it. Yeah. On this one, I didn't, and I'm paying the price. Yep. Yes, you are. And even if, but I that's mean, if they read it, because I remember when I was going to yeah, sell the not, dead guy yeah. Dodge, it's, nobody it's read fucking it anything. Yeah, no, the, it doesn't problem, matter. the problem is what you're that Bavaria, that E3. Yeah. The problem is the price for those has gone through the goddamn roof. It has, yeah. They're 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 selling baseline now about ten grand. Yeah, 
Yeah, I don't think that. I would I would like our podcast listeners to call in or or email in or text in and tell me because apparently I'm wrong where the place is that I should be selling my cars. What site am I supposed to be selling my cars on? Now, be prepared to defend your answer if you tell me bring a trailer. Be be prepared to defend your answer if you tell me Doug, you know, cars and bids, Doug DeMiro or whatever. Um just tell me though, because I honestly, I really do want to know. I have had six cars listed for sale on Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist for in excess of six months. And I haven't gotten more than three people who actually showed up in their corporeal form and looked at the cars, including a woman that said she was going to travel all the way from great distances. If I got the escargot out of the warehouse, brought it to the shop, she was supposed to be at my shop yesterday to buy the bike with cash, buy the car with cash in hand. So I did all the things. I went to the shop. I went to the warehouse. I put a new battery in it. I fired it up. I cleaned the carb. I did all the things I had to do to take it out of winter storage. So I took a vehicle out of winter storage <laughs> so she could buy in, it. As we're going into winter. A month before we go into winter. Right. Right. So I did all that, and do you know who showed up at my shop yesterday? Not her. Chris? Squatoosh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fuck that. And I sent her a message, and I was like, you told me you were going to be at my shop on Thursday. Yeah. What happened? Oh, I totally forgot about it. You pinged me 43 times about your car. When was your car going to be ready? When could you come and pick it up? You were bringing cash and all that shit. No. She's a she's a psychotic. She's having a fantasy life where she buys cars. Yeah, you need me. I accidentally buy shit on Facebook. Exactly. Every one of my friends <laughs> buys dumb cars all the time that they shouldn't buy. Yeah. Dumb motorcycles they shouldn't buy all the time. Uh, but I can't get them interested in a little tiny car with Godzilla and Hello Kitty on the side. <laughs> oh my God, man! Becky, Becky's uh, for that. I know Becky. I know Becky would love to. And you know what? That actually might might work out well for you. Because if it's here in your driveway, it's not in my driveway, I right? I usually get most of my junk for free. So yeah. when you get down to my price range, let me know. <laughs> That's a, yeah. I got a Jaguar that needs to be sold. I got all kinds of cars that need to leave my world. And I've dropped the price on them so much that you would never believe that we were in a high market. No, now we're down to the point where I'm like, hey, you know, I made 50 bucks. Okay, let's get rid of it. In 12 minutes, we're going to be a new tax bracket. All right, let's go. <laughs> Ride fast and take chances, people. Bum, <laughs> 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 <laughs>